By the time you hear this podcast, you'll be ready to jerk it out. Welcome to By the Time You Hear This Podcast. I'm Greg. And hold on, Ben. All right, introduce yourself again. <laughs> I'm Ben. <laughs> who is this? I've, I've heard this song, but I never knew who this was or the name of the song. Or This is, at the time, they were known as Caesar's Palace. Okay. But now they are, I think they're still together, and they're known as the Caesars. Okay. No, this is, this is one of those... Um, Around its, I guess, or in its time, one of those songs they use for a lot of, uh, uh, not camouflage. It's what's the word I'm thinking of? Montage. This is totally a montage oh, yeah. song. Yeah. I always so, would yeah. hear this. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if this was in some cartoon movie where they're like, "We got to get you ready." <laughs> it was in a. It was in like some car commercials, I think. That or, too, I could totally or something that related to like those travel services, like Travelocity. Uh huh. I think it was something like that. I could totally hear that. <laughs> It's got a very a very catchy synth riff though. Like that's yeah, that's what you need. So yeah. Um so uh you're watching us on Twitch right now if you are watching. And uh there's a monitor where Ben is so he can see himself. <laughs> I can see me. <laughs> and I'm um, I'm copying what I've seen all the other uh is it Twitchers or Twitchsters? I don't know. Um I've only been on this thing to play music. I didn't really, I didn't really talk. <laughs> but uh, they've been at, at at their social media with their still backgrounds and everything. People keep um, telling me I need to play 2K on this. But I'm, I suck. They're like, it doesn't matter. Just be entertaining. Uh, that reminds me, I've seen some, uh, <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I, I keep getting YouTube suggestions for 2K streamers. Mm-hmm. Because I, I I basically watch other people's YouTube videos just to see how the game is played. Mm-hmm. Still not motivated to really buy it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I uh, uh, there's one guy. He's one of the most popular ones. Dom Two K, I think. Okay, I follow him. Yeah. Uh, I see his videos when he'll post that uh, when he first got the game and he's playing online. Everybody was using the rockets. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. And even after the James Harden trade, people were still using them. <laughs> Why? I don't know. That's yeah. I mean, Oladipo's on there, but I mean, it's, it's not the same team. No, it's really not. It's not. I haven't checked to see if he has any videos that say everyone's using Brooklyn. <laughs> I, I mean, I would not be surprised. I saw I saw a lot of videos even before popping up of this is what it would look like if he goes to Brooklyn. But I think Karis LeVert was still there, so it was like that's not legit. But yeah. <laughs> God, I wish I we had that guy. Um, but I mean, it's I, I like Dom Two K because he posts more than just Two K videos. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it's it's a fun game. 
I'm, I think I'm going on maybe day eight or nine of having a PS5, and um, it's it's as it's as advertised. But I don't play my team and my career and all that stuff, so I don't have those same gripes that some people have, where they're like, "This build sucks," or "I can't do this," or "I can't do that." I'm just playing my NBA, which is what my league has become, which was what the association was. <laughs> it's on its third name. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, and I, what I see, and I, I may have mentioned this on the podcast before, I know I mentioned it to you, the uh, the guys who have the XBA. Yes. It was they created an entire yes. new league. I tried that on 2K20. It is very taxing. <laughs> it takes a while to get yeah, everything set up. Yeah, they, because they have, and not only do they have like XBA, which I think they made a 36-team league. Yeah, because you can get it up there. They made another league with, like, 30 more teams at least. Jeez. As, like, the second level. Like, you know how they do in soccer where there are three teams? Yeah. Yeah. They have that. (laughs) (laughs) They did that It's funny because there's a lot of people who want our sports leagues to do that, to disincentivize um, Tanking. tanking and everything, yeah. Uh, they've all, cause I, these guys, I, I don't know. I, I don't know if they're making money off of this or if it's just for fun, <laughs> just something for fun. Cause the guy, they're brothers and I get, this is how they, how they hang out or whatever. Mm-hmm. But cause they also did this with, uh, they still play NCAA football. 14. Yeah. That's still going. Yeah. I, I still know. I know Chris still plays that. Like there's yeah. a lot of people. That there's do. a community for people who don't know a community of people keeping that game alive. Yeah. Um, it's almost like EA doesn't care. Like, there's a built-in no. base of people that will buy this game. Like, some people, I don't know if they, maybe they were able to download it. Maybe it's just for PC. Mm-hmm. But someone made a NCAA football revamped. With Madden? No, they didn't use Madden. Oh. They used NCAA and modded it <laughs> to update <laughs> rosters, to add teams. Because someone's doing a, a dynasty with Coastal Carolina, and they're people, not on the NCAA 14. EA, people want a game. People want. A, I like think they're, they're. I think they're just waiting for this this name image likeness thing to go through, mm-hmm. and then they'll do it. I hope so because I want I want a college basketball game so bad. There's so there's bad. another channel. Uh, they're keeping NCAA basketball ten for uh, from yeah. EA Sports, keeping that alive. These are seven, eight, nine year old games, and people are still playing them. <laughs> so I, I hope I hope that you're right. And I know this is a music podcast, but we love sports. I hope that you're right because um, that was a relig- that was a buy for me every year on the day it came out. NCAA yeah. football and college hoops um, on 2K. Like it was those were those were so good, and the and the recruiting and everything on the NCAA football was so deep. The team creation was so, so good. Yeah, and it with was, the college yeah. hoops game, the recruiting was in depth. Yeah, and you could play the McDonald's All American game. Yep. Yep. Uh, you can. They had like if this guy was Mister Basketball, if he was All State, all the schools, D one, D two, D three. I I started out with like Texas Southern, Georgia Southern. Like you get Mercer, Campbell, like all these schools that you've like. Where is that? Oh yeah, that's in Kennesaw, Georgia. Like it's it was awesome. I I missed that, but I'm I'm getting nostalgic. But yeah, uh, those are so the I I think EA is just waiting. They're waiting for that thing to go through, and they're like. NCAA football 22 <laughs> <laughs> is coming. Um, Ed O'Ban is going to get his piece <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> of every game. <laughs> no, right. Ed, you know what will make it stall? I think it should be called 
Ed O'Bannon's college basketball 2020. Then I'm going to find him <laughs> like Bill Burr with the choking his way to the top. <laughs> it's like, when's it enough? When's it enough? How many yachts you got to have? <laughs> oh, God, that would make me so sad. Um, and I mean, I think it's topical to talk about video games a little bit considering the stock market this week. <laughs> so I didn't even know about that. I was just trying to find a GameStop to go to, <laughs> like Google GameStop and all. I'm like, what the hell? I don't care. And I just, just kept going. It's going out. And then I was talking to one of my guys at work, and he was like, yeah, I've been on Reddit all day just trying to figure out this GameStop thing. I was like, all right, yeah, man, keep on, you know. And then when I finally get home, I see that a bunch of Redditors have finally are putting out of business a freaking hedge fund. Yeah. Cause they're, they're, that is crazy. Because they're buying the stocks. Yeah, they're right? buying the stocks. So, I mean, they yeah. essentially – this hedge fund took a short position, which essentially means um, they borrowed the stock in anticipation of the stock price going down and the and the company, you know, failing. And so, um, so if the price so goes the other down, people started doing that. Well, not necessarily. So essentially, they sh- they shorted out. They shorted the stock. Um, they were hoping that the price would drop so that they could sell it and make a profit. However. The redditors on Wall Street Bets, which is a subreddit called Our Wall Street Bets, noticed that and they bought a bunch of stock to make the price go up. <laughs> so if the price goes up, so if it keeps going up, they now they're lose losing money, money and they're losing a ton of money. So it went from like sixty dollars to over two hundred dollars, or forty dollars over two hundred dollars. But the people who bought the stocks, they can sell it and make a profit, right? Technically, yes. But they're gonna hold it. So that's the thing. So. <laughs> And I mean, and after that, I kind of get gray on it because um, essentially what's happening now is who's going to blink first. So the Redditors bought the stock to make the price go up to cover their butts. The hedge fund had to buy more stocks, which then also in turn made the stock go up. And then the Redditors are like, all right. And they bought more. Because there were some people on there were some celebrities who were in on it. I feel like Plies was one of them. Oh, God. And he tweeted out, like, hold the line. Hold, oh. Like, tell the people, if you bought some, like, hold it. Yeah, <laughs> you know, that's what it is. So, I mean, essentially, it's, it's who's going to blink first. But then um, Robin Hood stepped in, which was a, the company a lot of these people were using to purchase the stock. Yeah. And at first said, no, can't buy anymore. Huge uproar. So now they've limited it to one. There's still a lot of uproar. But on the flip side of this, there's a lot of experts saying, Jordan Belford included, which is really funny, the Wolf of Wall Street, if, if you guys don't know who that is, saying that um, the reason they probably did this is because if this thing goes sideways, which it could, and by going sideways, not for the hedge fund, but for the everyday user. So for the people who got in on this early and bought it really low, they're gonna they're making a lot of money off of this, life-changing money. For the people who have started buying it since last Monday, they're buying it high, and it's not going to go much higher. So a lot of them could potentially lose money, which could cause the SEC to step in. And I'm not talking about the football conference. The Security Exchange Council have, might have to step in and start questioning Robin Hood as to why they did not stop this. Um, the other reason I've also heard is because apparently they plan on having an IPO, which is an initial public offering. They're not a public company yet. Um, if you piss off these billionaires, they're not going to buy your stock at your IPO, and then you're dead in the water. So they think that's why they stopped it. Like, some of it is ulterior, like, hey, we want to make money at our IPO. The second is, oh, shit, we don't want to have to answer to the SEC <laughs> if they come and start asking us, because he was like, someone's going to start, someone's going to come and start asking questions, like, 
what why didn't you stop this? And not necessarily for the billionaires, but for the everyday user, because at this point, like it, they really could lose a lot of money. So it's it's been very, very, very interesting. A lot of billionaires crying on TV <laughs> about how this isn't fair. And a lot of people, I saw the meme, um, it was a scene from It's Always Sunny, where the two characters are like in the top hats and they're like crying. <laughs> they say, like, oh, did someone crash your billionaire party? <laughs> <laughs> it's it's been it's been very funny, but AMC and Blockbuster apparently are next. And then I heard someone also say maybe American Airlines. I've heard from two. I've heard Blockbuster, like it might come back or something. As in, like they. So essentially, I've heard two things. I've heard one one from one guy who said like this isn't a big deal. Um, you won't hear about it in a few months. Yada yada yada. I heard another person say that every hedge fund that has, um, who has heavily invested in shorts is checking their portfolio to see where they're vulnerable. So for if there's another hedge fund out there that might have said, like, we think Blockbuster is going to fail, and some Redditors decide to say, all right, buy that stock, this could be happening again. Yeah. Okay, that, <clears throat> okay, that doesn't make sense. There is literally one Blockbuster open in the United States. As if they're still traded, one. if they're still traded, <laughs> it's in it's in Oregon. There is one blockbuster, and the way that the that they still like put in the newest movies is the manager goes to Target to buy the DVDs. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> you know he's losing money. So one thing that no one's really talking about. I saw one video that addressed this. So you've heard of the movie The Big Short? With, I, yeah, I've seen it a couple times. Yeah, Christian Bale. A lot of good performances, but Ryan Gosling, yeah. Steve Carell. So the guy who who Christian Bale plays, Michael Burry, Michael Burry. in twenty nineteen, he bought something in the neighborhood of six or sixteen million dollars in GameStop stock and just sat on it. It was the largest stock in his portfolio. So I'm I'm wondering if someone noticed that <laughs> because this is the guy who. Predicted the housing. He he shorted the he, housing exactly. market. Exactly. So he did exactly what these hedge funds are doing. So he has held on to that stock since 2019. And if he still, so the last time, um, I guess his portfolio was seen was in Q4 of 2020, and he still had all of it. If he still has it, and he were to sell it, it's worth over 200 million dollars. This guy's a genius. <laughs> And you know, like this guy, he's a doctor. He's he, like he went to medical school. He made and, he, and, he, and eight, all of a sudden, you know what? I want to do this stock thing. Eight hundred million dollars. Do a hedge fund off of shorting the mortgages. Off of shorting mortgages. Seven hundred yeah. for his investors. A hundred for himself. But that took years. This two maybe. Because <laughs> I think he, he's um. It's according to the in the movie. I know like what he did was he started investing in like water. It was something with water as far as like purification systems mm -hmm. or, or something to that effect. <laughs> I feel like he's just, he's, he's playing the Sims. <laughs> no, he's, I'm sorry, not the Sim. He's playing Sim City. And he's just controlling everything. Yeah. yeah. He's playing like, Sim City. For him to have seen this two years out, <laughs> like that's insane. Like maybe he's a time traveler. I don't know, but like to see that, just like, yeah, give me some of that GameStop stock. <laughs> Why? You'll see. You'll see. <laughs> You'll see. Did he also buy into, I wonder if he has any Toys R Us. 
Circuit City. <laughs> Sam Goody. It's like you bought Circuit City stock. Why? You'll see. You'll but see. But you you know what? You know which one I really think he has? What? FYE. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> Just sitting, just sitting. 2026 comes. Just like, who knew? Michael Burry knew. Michael Burry knew. Get lottery numbers from him, man. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I guess we've gone so long on that because I, I don't know of any music news that's really happened uh, the past couple of weeks. Um, we're still in a pandemic. Yeah. We're still, I mean... And we got the, virtual the only, concerts, but that's about it. Yeah. The only live shows I know about are, like, <laughs> mostly virtual. Um, I know the Grammys are coming up soon, right? In February? Yeah. 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 Uh, hosted That'll by Trevor Noah. I dig that guy. Um, let's look at the uh, charts here. I've heard a lot of these now, so I can comment. Uh, I have not <laughs> heard the number one songs. I, you mentioned it before we started recording. I have heard it. Rick Beato, who I follow on YouTube... Um, does this thing every few months where, where he will go and listen to the top 50 on Spotify and just kind of give his thoughts. And, and I should preface it by saying Rick Beato is a boomer. Um, he's an older guy, he, but he's a record producer. So he, and he's done recent, he's, you know, still working in the industry. So he does like, you know, a lot of rock and pop music. So he is a little biased towards classic rock and grunge and stuff like that. So he'll just go and listen and kind of try to, He'll give his opinion based on how people his age think, but then also from the standpoint of a producer and try to explain to people his age why something that they may think is just awful is actually pretty good. And I really appreciate him for that. Um, and so because of that, I heard a lot of these songs. He did this maybe two weeks ago. And the number one song right now in the charts was the number one song then. And it is it's a, it's an awesome song. Yes. Uh, Driver's License by Olivia Rodrigo. Um, I feel like it's a, it, it's probably popular on TikTok as well. Oh somehow. no, it's a power ballad. It's not. Oh, never mind. <laughs> it's in the so she she says she's a uh, um a Swifty, which is a Taylor Swift fan. You can kind of hear it, but it's heavily it's very much in the vein of a Billie Eilish. Um, she I think right. she's a better singer than Billie Eilish. No, no offense to Billie Eilish. Um, the production is pretty spot on. Not as good as her brother, who is. <laughs> This is a really, really good producer, but I think the writing is better, so it kind of helps it. But the production style is very similar to a Billie Eilish track. All right. Uh, number two is the 34 plus 35 remix, The Strongest Ponytail in the Game, Ariana Grande, featuring Doja Cat not rest. and Megan <laughs> The Stallion. Does not rest. <laughs> uh, number three is Mood by 24 Karat Golden, featuring Ian Dior. Number four. Blinding Lights by The Weeknd, which has been on the Hot 100 for 59 weeks now. I'm curious and very anxious, and I guess excited to, I use a lot of words there, um, to see his uh, Super Bowl performance. I'm very excited to see this. Yeah, like I... I don't it, know how it's going to work, yeah, but I'm it excited. Was, it's such a, it, it was a, an interesting decision because, <clears throat> like, you have, you're trying to keep the energy. I think yeah. it's important for the halftime performer to, have the, to keep <laughs> the energy up. Yeah. He doesn't have a lot of those songs. I can think of two. Uh, Maybe three. But I and then a song yeah. that, like, everyone enjoys. Mm -hmm. That's kind of like, hey, I like this song. <laughs> but he doesn't choice. have, he, he doesn't, I don't know if he has one of those either. I can't feel my face. Is probably I can't feel my, 
but it's a song about heroin. And are you prepared to sing a song about heroin? Oh, I thought it was about cocaine. One Same, of those. One of those. It's about a drug that numbs you. Yeah. <laughs> are we prepared for that on the Super Bowl? <laughs> he, <laughs> he he has to he has to perform that song. Yeah. It's his biggest song. And I wonder if the NFL like asked him to heavily sanitize the lyrics just be, just so there are no drug references. Like, did they bring in a kids bop producer oh, God. <laughs> for that song? Is that song in a kids bop? I don't know. I don't know. I, I can't not. I can't feel my heart. That's even worse. <laughs> no. That's even worse. But I can't feel my hands. Like, I'm trying to think if there's – because the only other artist I could think of that might have gotten away with singing a song about cocaine would have been one of the classic rock bands, namely the Rolling Stones. Um, Did did Tom Petty sing Mary Jane's Last Dance? Because that would have been about weed. Um, I don't know. I don't think so. Okay, then. So this will be the first drug – probably the first drug song. Well, it's like all the weekend songs are drug songs. Yeah. Aren't they? <laughs> I mean, basically, I mean, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see. Um, so yeah, uh, is he gonna do any? Can he do um, worth it? Is that the song from Fifty Shades of Grey? I don't know because I mean, he, he could. he's he's Academy Award nominee the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still trying to think like what's it? Sh- what's gonna it. be his Earned showstopper? And I think it's gonna be um, the Hills Have Eyes. I think that's gonna be the showstopper. <laughs> Cause it's got the big breakdown. Uh, Cause I'm I keep thinking about how like, I mean essentially like the her her there, show. There's songs was that he can't. Firework, fireworks, fireworks. Katy Perry. Like it it has that kind of feel to it, to where it's just gonna be, and it's just gonna you know. So, very curious to see what happens. It's like he can't. <clears throat> there's songs he can't do. Yeah. Like if you're trying to, if it's supposed to be like a family show. You can't do it. Starboy. It's going to be fun. <laughs> he can do. No, he can't do Starboy. Without, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a star boy. <laughs> I mean, he could edit it. Yeah. But as far as what it's about, like, he can't do Heartless. <laughs> he can do a Blinding Lights and In Your Eyes. He's maybe opening with star, Lights. Maybe Starboy. He's got to do Blinding Lights because that's been in the commercials, the Pepsi commercials. Yeah. He do blinding lights and in your eyes. He can he can clean up Starboy. Um, there's got to be something else off of After Hours that's up tempo. Can't do anything off of My Dear Melancholy because it's all slow. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he can't do from Starboy. He can't do Party Monster. He uh, can't do Sidewalks. <laughs> he maybe do I feel it coming. He can probably do that one. But that's such a slow track though. I mean, he can do it, but it's kind of one of those, you know. <laughs> the pickets are slim, man. It's going to slow it down. Like, like he, whose from, idea was this, man? Whose idea was this? From Beauty Behind the Madness, I mean, maybe they can clean up uh, Can't Feel My Face. Uh, can't do In the Night. Um, I, I, <laughs> he can't do anything from Kissland. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe Live For, but is Drake going to show up? Probably not. And from his three mixtapes, no. I'm telling you, your 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 assertion that he is the male version of Lana Del Rey, this would be like if Lana Del Rey did the Super Bowl. <laughs> like she can't sing "Summertime Sadness." <laughs> Who wants to hear "Summertime Sadness" at the Super Bowl? <laughs> or he might do this song "Hawaii," which is one of his popular songs. Let's see if that if it's up tempo. 
So now he's your heaven. I'm gonna fast forward a little bit. I mean, maybe. So it's a, he's singing in Spanish, so probably it could probably get away with has, that. <laughs> so I wonder if the NFL is, the monitor in there. Go ahead. is thinking this as well. And you know how, like, with Coldplay, they were like, oh, um, when Coldplay came out, they were like, oh, you know, we're finding that they're not going to be as popular as we thought they were going to be, and we're going to have to bring in guest stars. And I wonder if that's what's going to happen that they're going to bring in guest stars because um, polls or whatever that they're running just aren't showing that the weekend is big enough or a strong enough performer to kind of carry his own Super Bowl show. But we would know who the guest stars are at this point, right? Well, I don't know because it was kind of last minute with, because what was it? Coldplay had Beyonce Bruno, Bruno Mars. Mars. Yeah, so we kind of found out last minute. So, like, I'm looking at his discography. He's got Elastic Heart that he did with Sia. He was on he was on a version of that, and then I forgot he also had "Love Me Harder" with Ariana Grande, who is one of the biggest stars in the world right now. Maybe he brings her out, and she's a guest star or something. Um, I'm just I'm very curious what's gonna happen because these songs are just not upbeat. Like this is stick a needle in your arm, and I say that with you know the you know with the utmost respect to anyone who is a drug addict. I'm not saying this just to be funny, but like. His music is drug music. Like, that's what it is. And yeah. I feel like they heard blinding lights. I'm like, who's that fella? <laughs> Let's get him. And then they started going through. It's like, someone's like, did you vet him? Like, did you listen to any more of his songs besides just blinding lights? They're like, no, they're all about drugs, man. <laughs> and I, I, there had to be, I guess, not a lot of people interested because we've talked about this before. The artist does not get paid for performing. Yeah, and they ask you for stuff. <laughs> yeah. You need to pay us a little bit of money. No. <laughs> like you, That's why it's it's normally like the biggest, whoever is the biggest star that has the big record label behind mm -hmm. them. Uh, but like you got, you got to pay for it. You got, you paying to perform mm -hmm. in a way you're paying for the setup. You're paying for whoever you need to stay in a hotel in that city yep. for, for a few days. You know, you got to do all the press stuff beforehand. You, um, you know. And they consider it a privilege, essentially. Yeah. To perform in the Super Bowl. And it's just like. That's why at first, like for the first maybe 20 years, 25 years, they were just getting <laughs> marching bands. Yeah. <laughs> and and groups like Up With People. Yep. <laughs> now they've got the, now they've got the, the cred. You know, it's just like you can bring in like that's crazy to think about that. Like you brought in Katy Perry, who at the time was probably one of the biggest was the biggest female pop singer in the world. And you you didn't pay her. <laughs> no, you didn't like just that's wild. That's wild to me. And maybe that's why we have not seen certain artists do it. Someone like a yeah. Taylor Swift. Yeah, I keep that thinking Taylor Swift's going to do it. But now, like. I think the the momentum is passed. Like well, I, looking at her last oh, three albums, tempo stuff. Yeah, the last three albums. Like she can go back and do stuff from nineteen eighty nine and yeah. Red, but everything everything <laughs> is just very but down. It's very different from what mm -hmm. she's released uh, recently. Ariana Grande can't do it. 
<laughs> she's she uh, she's apparently sexually frustrated because of these these because of this album she just put out. So well, I I am also curious. She can't do any like songs from that. Taylor Swift, who has you know over the past few years has been crusading for writers and artists, probably would consider it um, would consider it to herself hypocritical to do it without getting paid because right. she. So you know one of the things she's done in case people don't know. The reason that you see songwriters listed in the credits on Spotify is because of her. She fought for that. She was like, if you want me back on Spotify, you got to pay the writers more, uh, a bigger percentage of the cut, and you got to credit them on there. She did that. And I feel like because of her stance on artist compensation and writer compensation and all that stuff, she probably just won't do it. They probably asked her, and she's like, no, until you start paying people. Or, or I could have even seen her saying, all right, I'll do it for free, but you have to pay my band. You have to pay my dancers. You have to do all this. And, and if it was like, no, nah, we good. We'll get the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> I imagine she kind of she might have taken that stance and probably didn't say anything about it just because not to rustle anyone's jimmies um, and because they're not Republicans because that seems to be Republicans, Kanye West, and Scooter Braun seem to be the only people she lashes out against <laughs> for some reason. So <laughs> maybe that's why we never heard about it. Unless, you know, they, I don't know. I just, yeah, but that, 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 that does kind of, this is going to be interesting. And we'll be here to talk about it afterwards, guys. We're talking oh, yeah, about this. For yeah. sure. Uh, so we were still at number four. Oh, yeah. Let's <laughs> um, number five, uh, Positions by Ariana Grande. Great track. Speaking of. Number six, Levitating by Dua Lipa featuring baby. Number seven, Go Crazy, Chris Brown and Young Thug. Number eight. Holy, Justin Bieber, featuring Chance the Rapper. Not a bad song. Number nine, Bang by AJR. And number 10, Good Days by SZA. Very good song. Uh, just put a video out. I haven't seen it yet. But everything she does for the most part, even if I don't like it, it's usually good. Uh, so we got the Billboard 200. These are the albums. Number one, uh... Okay, Dangerous, the double album by Morgan Wallen. Huh, this is what he's doing. Okay. It debuted at number one last week. Number two, <clears throat> Shoot for the Stars, Aim for the Moon by Pop Smoke, moving back up the charts. Interesting enough. Number three, The Good Times and the Bad Ones by Why Don't We. Never heard of them, have you? I feel like they're one of those um, bands kind of in the realm of Jonas Brothers, but they're not related. Or, or Big Time Rush. or That is a name I haven't heard in a while. One of those. It says they're a boy band. Um, oh, they're not. Okay. Consisting of, and I don't see it. I don't see that they play any instruments, but yeah, they're a boy band out of okay. LA. I feel like they were on Nickelodeon at some point. <laughs> That's why I put them in the same category as Big Time Rush. Wouldn't be surprised. I don't see anything about where they, are, I can't tell exactly where they originated from, but yeah, they... Oh, they were on some Logan Paul stuff. Oof. Oh, Ugh. anyway. Uh, number four, <laughs> uh, Evermore by Taylor Swift. Number five, Positions by Ariana Grande. Number six, The Voice by Lil Durk. Number seven, Music to be Murdered by by Eminem. Uh, I think I mentioned before, like it's because now it's been on the charts for a year. Mm -hmm. And I think it's because he did like a, a re-release. Oh, okay. Uh, number eight, After Hours by The Weeknd. Number nine, Legends Never Die by Juice World. And number 10, What You See Is What You Get by Luke 
Combs. All right, let's look at the Artist 100. As we told you before, how to get on this list, how to get high on the list is you release some music or you die. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> or so, you play the Super Bowl because I'm pretty sure he will be number one after that week. Well, okay. Who performed last year? Jennifer Lopez and Shakira. Uh, oh, geez, they did, didn't they? In Miami. Neither one of them was number one. Touche. Yeah. Touche. And I thought Justin Timberlake would be after he performed. He was not A lot either. of people didn't like his performance, though. I dug it. I thought it was excellent. It was because of what he didn't do. We've talked about that. <laughs> because of what he didn't do. He didn't apologize to Janet. He didn't bring out NSYNC. <laughs> and the Prince tribute was disingenuous. I will agree with that. The Prince, yeah. So, <laughs> number one of the Artist 100 this week, because he released, uh, he has the number one album. A double album. A double album. <laughs> <laughs> Morgan Wallen. Uh, because he was number one last week, so... He's at least up there for two weeks. Number two, Ariana Grande. Number three, Why Don't We? Uh, they This is only their third <laughs> week on this chart ever. <laughs> Actually, the, yeah, yeah. Uh, number four, The Weeknd. Number five, Olivia Rodrigo has the number one song. Number six, Taylor Swift. Number seven, Luke Combs. Number eight, Juice World. Number nine, Justin Bieber. And number 10, Pop Smoke. So yeah, uh, that's the um, the artist one hundred. Uh, did any anything else in music kind of stick out to you in the past couple of weeks <clears throat> since we've been on? Nothing new. I mean, I've just I, I've been on a bunch of YouTube stuff. I was reading about um, there's a good video someone made about Teenage Dirtbag by Weedus. It's kind of <laughs> relevant since we're doing you know one hit wonders and stuff, but. Um, it was very interesting just to hear them talk about that. And then another one about uh, Machine Gun Kelly. I don't know if you heard about this, but back in December, apparently, he made comments about going on Warp Tour and the artist wearing comfortable shoes and kind of making, basically saying that rock cannot live on without the rock star. And talking about how basically no one wants to really be a rock star anymore. They don't want to put on a show. He's like, I would get on stage with these people and they're wearing comfortable shoes. He was hinting at New Balances, apparently, <laughs> um, because he was like, where's some Doc Martens? Where's some Chuck Taylors? Where's some Vans? Where, you know, it's he's like, these people don't realize it's not about you. It's about the show. It's about the audience. And apparently pissed off a lot of people um, because he used to be a rapper, but now he's a rock star. He played Warp Tour. He's actually successful. And, he you know, he's kind of changed his image and looks the part. Apparently that made a lot of people mad. But I just... It was the it was a bigger part of a video that uh, a guy named Finn McKinty on a channel called the Punk Rock NBA, where I feel like he makes like maybe three videos about this a year because his followers are always asking him about this. Why is rock dead? <laughs> and he it always comes back to the fact that rock star rock like rock artists don't want to be rock stars anymore. He talks about Fred Durst. Yeah, we had, we hate Fred Durst. He was a d bag. But he was eccentric, and he kept Limp Biscuit in the news. Yeah, Corey Taylor from Slipknot, same thing. You might not like him, but he keeps Slipknot in the news by what he does. Talked about Haley, just all these you know eccentric frontmen. Axl Rose, if you go back even further, <clears throat> and he talks about how like you know the new rock stars are rappers. He was like, they know how to engage with their fans and use social media to their advantage. They are good performers. Just he basically lists all the things that they have taken from um from rock stars and copied 
you know, they're dating celebrities, the whole nine. And it made me think, I wonder if a lot of them took a page from Kanye. Because when Kanye went on tour with U2, what did he do? He was like, I need to make more arena-ready music. I need to be a rock star. And he became a rock star. And I feel like ever since then, like, solo rappers have essentially become rock stars. There's the famous picture. Yeah. I think it's Travis Scott. And he's got the fire in the background and all. <laughs> we fell. <laughs> and I don't do that. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but, like, it was, I thought it was an interesting point. And I think Machine Gun Kelly is kind of is on it. But, like, people don't want to listen to him because they think, what do you know? And it's just like, well, he came in here. And in less than a year, he's more successful. He literally switched genres yeah, and has been more successful than all of you. And you can say it's because he had a rap career, but I can tell you those don't really yeah. intersect. The people who listen to MGK as a rapper are not listening to the, you know, welcome to my downfall. They're not listening. They're just not. So it's just like he's beating you at your own game because he knows how to be a rock star. So I just I thought that was very interesting. And I'm kind of mad I didn't know about it when it happened. Because I'd have loved to get in on it on Twitter because people were just going in on him on Twitter. That'll be uh, something worth exploring in the future. Yeah. Um, so uh, the the Golden Globes and Oscars, it's almost that time. I know they pushed some deadlines back because of the pandemic. Um, are they doing live? Sh- are they doing like gathered shows? Or are they doing like remote? I have no idea. Okay. They might do it how they did uh, the Emmys. Because there's still people out here pretending like this ain't going on. <laughs> like, yeah, with the with the Emmys, <laughs> with the Emmys, it was very interesting because it would be, be people at home and then someone in a hazmat suit holding the trophy. <laughs> and if they won, they would hand the person the trophy. And if they didn't win, they're just like, "Oh, sorry, bye," and leave. <laughs> uh, so the Grammys might be done that way this year. But as far as the uh, with the Oscars, there are some songs that will be considered. Um. Uh, some people say Leslie Odom Jr. Uh, could be, if you guys know him from Hamilton. Um, and I, I, I binge watched the show Person of Interest um, with Jim Caviezel. <laughs> okay. I, I started watching that. It's not a bad show. It's pretty good. Actually. It gets weirder and weirder over time. <laughs> and Leslie Odom Jr., you'll, you'll see him on there. I won't tell you what he does, but he's on there. Um, but he could be nominated for Best Supporting Actor for One Night in Miami playing Sam Cooke. Oh, I forgot he was in that. Have you seen that? I haven't seen it yet. Okay. I have Amazon Prime. I, I just haven't gotten to see it You've yet. You've been planning on watching that. Uh, and nominated for Best Original Song. I'm not sure what song that is, but he he's a guy who, who tries to do everything. So He's a good singer now. I'll give him that. Um, so, yeah. Uh, so, some songs to consider. Um, <clears throat> Turntables, performed by Janelle Monet. it looks like. She's got uh, Nathaniel Irvin III and George A. Peters II from All In, The Fight for Democracy. Uh, See What You've Done uh, by Mary J. Blige from the film Belly of the Beast. Mary J. Blige has been nominated for Best Original Song before. Uh, The song Wuhan Flu from the Borat subsequent movie film. Yes, (laughs) Sasha Baron Cohen wrote this (laughs) with his brother. (laughs) That was a good movie. (laughs) So... Uh, that'll be interesting. The ex ambassadors for the song "The Great Unknown" from Call of the Wild, uh, Husavik, um, from the movie Eurovision Song Contest: The Story of Fire Saga, which has Will Ferrell and Will Ferrell and um, 
Rachel, Rachel McAdams. McAdams yeah. uh, we should do an episode about that and just or talk about the Eurovision Song Contest yeah. in general. Like it is something that it, I wish we had it. In it's the United its States. own thing because yeah. it's it's only in Europe. It's it's its own thing, its own culture, and yeah. it's such a big deal. And hardly anyone in America knows anything about it. And the songs rarely cross over to America anyway. It's, the biggest act to come from that contest is ABBA. I didn't know they came from that. Yeah. Damn. They're good, but wow, that's it? Huh. Because they're so, like, Europeans are so good with melody. Like, I'm surprised. Man. Um, we got a song by John Legend, um, a song from Jingle Jangle, the Christmas movie. Uh, we got a song by written by her, co-written by her from Judas and the Black Messiah. Uh, Diane Warren, <laughs> she still ain't won still one yet. Still got it. Uh, Trent Reznor, who's got one for his score for he won one for the score for the Social Network, but he wrote a song here for the movie Mank about um, His name was like Mankiewicz. I know he was a Hollywood writer, and he may have been blacklisted because of the whole communism thing. I'm not sure of the story. If I'm wrong, I'm, I apologize. Um, who else? Taylor Swift. What does she have a song? Uh, a song called Only the Young from the movie Miss Americana. Hmm. Um, so these haven't been, because I was looking, these haven't been nominated yet. These, these haven't been nominated, but these possible. are possible. Okay. These are possible. Because I was looking at some of that, too. Um a Diane Warren, another one. It's from a Disney movie. I think she's gonna have a resurgence because the type of music she writes is is kind of surging in popularity again. I think she could have a um a good second go at it. Uh, what else we got here? Uh, Brandy Carlisle, "Carry Me With You" from Onward, co-written. I'm just <laughs> I'm just going by the names that I recognize that they most likely performed the song. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, let's see. Uh. Raphael Sadiq, was this the uh, United States versus Billie Holiday? I haven't. Oh, yeah, it's, haven't a, it's it. on Hulu. It, I think it just came out, mm-hmm. like, very recently. Uh, Ludwig Gorenson, uh frequent Childish Gambino collaborator. That's where I've heard that name from. I think he did the score for Tenet, and apparently he's co-written a song. Uh, just Sing from Trolls World Tour, Justin Timberlake, Ludwig Gorenson, and Max Martin. I know um, Can't Stop the Feeling was nominated for an Oscar. Um, and then with scores, I I don't know any of these. Well, I know some of them. I know Terrence Blanchard. A lot of people are going to forget about the Five Bloods as far as like for the Oscars. Mm-hmm. People are going to forget about it because it came out so early in the year. Mm-hmm. It's like if the movie comes out before October, <laughs> it's too early to win an Oscar or something. Uh, it also doesn't help yeah. that this has felt like the longest year in the history of man. <laughs> and it felt like January just like it was part two. This felt like the longest month. <laughs> uh, oh, oh Hans Zimmer. There's another familiar one. Uh, he did the score for The Lion King back in the day. And he also did the score for Wonder Woman. Did not realize how long he'd been working. Until I went back and and watched some old old videos, I doubt he'll ever see this. But shout out to Oliver uh, um, Oliver Harper on YouTube. Yeah, Hans Zimmer has done a lot of stuff. He, I think he did the. 
maybe that's Michael Caine. I think he did the second Terminator movie <laughs> or something like that. Like he's done a lot of stuff. Hmm. Yeah, he's been working since the 80s. I did not realize that. Did not realize that. Uh, Thomas Newman, who has been nominated 14 times and has not won. That's crazy. Mm. Uh, Trent Reznor, of course. Brantford Marsalis for Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Brantford Marsalis. He played the solo on I Love Your Smile by Shanice. It's a very expensive guest spot right there. <laughs> yeah. I was watch I was reading up on that because she goes, Go, Branford. And I had to look it up. And that is also had Janet Jackson and her husband, her then husband, um, singing or laughing at the end of the track. Some expensive Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Also uh Terrence Blanchard again for One Night in Miami. He did the score for that. Um, Howard Shore, I think he did it for Titanic, or was that something else? Maybe or Lord of the Wing, Lord of the Rings. He did that one. Uh, Soul, which was also Trent Reznor and John Batiste from Trent Reznor uh, did Soul, like the yeah. Have you seen that movie? I have not seen it yet. I haven't either, but that just doesn't seem like a movie he would do. Uh, so um. Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross, who did the the, the score for Mank, is also did it for Soul. And will they also count John Batiste because he did the jazz composition arrangements for the film? So will they all be submitted together? I think they should. Um, it's only fair. That's crazy, Trent. Okay, so I I did not realize he basically has reinvented himself <laughs> for a second career as a okay. That's interesting. Um, as I said, Ludwig Gorenson for Tenet. He won for doing the score for Black Panther. Uh, so. Which was a good score. Okay movie, good score. Uh, a lot of black people probably just got upset with me. <laughs> I'm okay with that. Say what I said. So, yeah. So, look out for that. Um, <laughs> it just <laughs> Okay. I'm not. I'm not. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop where I was going to say. It would have been very offensive. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you had to tell me later, though. I'm just, just going to stop. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> Ben, tell me about your earworm of the week. I'm ashamed um, of this earworm. <laughs> the title is hilarious. You know what? No, I'm not ashamed. <laughs> I'm not ashamed because I always say you shouldn't have guilty pleasures because if you do, that means that you are ashamed of what you listen to, and I have no shame on listening to. It is a song called Fast Cars and Freedom. I'll hold for laughter. Um, by Rascal Flatts. Hold for laughter. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's a catchy song, man. I mean, they're if you ask if you ask any like real country fans, they probably refer to them as like the backstreet boys of country. I don't care. They're good. It's three of them. Um, they don't have a drummer. But they're still really good, you know. I, I love them. This guy's got a great voice. But yeah, this is this is my jam. I love this song. Thanks, Spotify, for suggesting it after all those years. <laughs> <laughs> all right, this Fast Cars and Freedom by Rascal Flats, and we'll be right back.
<laughs> All right, that is Fast Cars and Freedom by Rascal Flats. And uh, you can check out that song along with our other earworms on the BTT YHT Earworms playlist, which is uh, on Spotify right now. Yeah, that concert, the videos um, that this concert is from, they did a killer cover of uh, For a Play Long Time by Boston, which makes no sense because they're a country band. <laughs> and I just, I'm wondering if their fans are like, what is this? <laughs> like, there's probably a few that are like, okay, this is cool. But a few of them probably just like, I've never heard this before. They nailed it. The guitar player nails all the solos. The keyboard player nails all the the crazy, you know, synth at the beginning. Um, great, just a great song. Because it's just one of those songs that, like, they're two different songs, but, like, you have to listen to them together. <laughs> or it just one doesn't make sense <laughs> without, you can't just listen to foreplay. It's like, all right, we're done. <laughs> but for a long time comes on, it's just like, wait. It's kind of like, um, well, we are the champions and we will rock you and we are the champions. They just go together. Always get played together. That's how it goes. All right, so uh, we started this particular episode with the song Jerk It Out by the Caesars. <laughs> or, sorry, Caesars Palace. <laughs> They're now the Caesars, but back then they were Caesars Palace, and there's clearly a reason why they shortened it to the Caesars. <laughs> but um, You don't say. <laughs> <laughs> definitely sounds like a song that was featured in uh, car commercials or... Uh, one of those travel agencies like Travelocity mm -hmm. or what's the one with the gnome? I think that's Travelocity. Okay. <laughs> or Kayak. <laughs> Definitely seemed like one of those. Kingpin. Even though I yeah. know that's old, this, that movie's older, but I could see that. And yeah. So we are doing a Because Five, our first Because Five of the year whoop, whoop. with our one hit wonders from the year of our Lord, 2005 and 2006, because. Pickens was slim. It's kind of Pickens was slim. So we combined 05 and 06. Um, I'm sure if we did 07, there would be like just even more snap music. Yeah, I think I think you know around like the late 2000s into the 2010s, you start to see fewer one hit wonders because of the internet. You know, like rather than risk being a one hit wonder, now you can just release your music. Oh, there are still some out there. Yeah, but I don't think you're going to see as many as like in the 80s and the 90s when like your only path was to put out a song with a record company. Yeah. And you got to hope if that one song hits, you're good. And if it, another one doesn't, eh, we just drop you. So it's just like you don't now that you don't have to have a record company. I think we're just going to see fewer. They're not going to go away, but you're just not going to see as many. Yeah. And that it kind of makes me sad because. Some of the best music we've ever gotten has been from some one-hit wonders, and that just makes me sad. Um, so, uh, yeah, let's just get into it, man. Um, for those who are unfamiliar with the show and you're watching on, on Twitch, uh, it is a Because 5, uh, Because 5. five. Yeah. Ain't no other reason. If you want to ask for top 5, we give you 5. We do have two <laughs> honorable mentions just as an excuse to play some more music, really. <laughs> But uh, our top five is 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 firm, firm five. <laughs> when you said you asked for five, I I imagine Christopher Walken saying that you asked for five, we gave you five. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why, but yeah. 
Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, Ben, tell us about your first honorable mention. So a lot of these songs are going to have college um, memories because what 05 was. Oh, it's college memories for all of these. Yeah, <laughs> it was the first. It was like, what, third or fourth year of college. So we were old enough to actually go out and drink legally. <laughs> so, yeah, I said it. Yeah, legally. Um, and so this first song was, you know, a song I used to ride around in my car. One of my four cars I had in college. <laughs> You had quite a few. Yeah, because I was bad at taking care of cars. Uh, but in my defense, the red, the red, um, the red minivan I had got wrecked. Someone hit me, T-boned me. So that one was yeah. not my fault. There, the two was neglect. But anyway, this is um, "King Without a Crown" by Modest Yahoo. Um, this was all over 99X, which is really weird because it's like reggae, and you just wouldn't expect them to play reggae. But like when you see Modest Yahoo, then you'd understand why. He is a Hasidic Jew. He's an Hasidic Jew playing reggae music. Um, saw an interview with him on, on MTV. Said he wasn't fully accepted into the reggae community, which, you know, the older I get, I start to realize, you know, we gatekeep a lot as black people, but that's a whole nother topic. Um, clearly, he had respect for the music. He liked it. This is from his live album. The video is absolutely wild. Um, I think he stage dives towards the end of it while the guitar player is playing a solo. Um, this is not how the original version sounds. It has no. a drum machine, um, a ton of reverb on the vocals, and it's slowed down. It's clear that he respects reggae. Yeah. Because he didn't try to grow dreadlocks. No, he did not. He looks like a, you see him, he's got the big beard and everything. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's a huge beard, and he's just up there, like, singing reggae music. So, you know. Um, and I and I like that you mentioned that he didn't try to come out and do a pastiche of yeah. reggae. He didn't try to be like, oh look at me, I got you know. He just, just did the music. He just played it, you know. So, um, but I love this song. It's energetic. It took me a long time to understand what he was saying. Um, I love the guitar part. I like this better than I like the original version. And I think this is the one that kind of blew up, just because it was, you know, it's faster. Probably why the guitar player messes up a lot on the solo. I don't think he was used to playing at that speed. Because in that solo, he um, there's a term that we used to use. I don't know if it's like an actual term, but when I was in guitar ensemble at West Georgia, if you missed a note, that's called a clam. <laughs> like if you're like, that's a clam. A lot of clams <laughs> in the solo. Um, <laughs> I'm just thinking, our, um, we talked about the, um, my friends who were in guitar ensemble with me, they went and saw this one guitar ensemble and I guess they're just messing up a lot at their last show, and somebody came with a sign that said "Fresh Clams." <laughs> so there are a lot of fresh clams in this guitar solo, but it's still an energetic song, and I give him respect. Um, I just, I just like this song altogether. All right, uh, yeah, I remember live uh, with this song. Um, I haven't seen the live performance video. I saw the the music video that was on MTV and MTV Two a lot. Mm -hmm. uh, so. Yeah, the, even the music oh, yeah. video is kind of trippy. Like he's, yeah. there's a lot of uh, the walls moving and stuff behind him. It's just weird. Yeah. Uh, but so this one, let's see, on the Hot 100, went up to number 28 on the Hot 100, number seven on the Hot Modern tracks, and 37 on the Pop Songs track. I don't know if I ever heard this on the Pop Station. I just, I can't imagine this on a Pop Station. Could you? <laughs> um, maybe. Maybe Star 94. 
because that yeah, was because it, really I mean, it's clean adult contemporary and yeah it's very clean it's a clean song so yeah yeah that station has really like that's a station that grew with its fan base like from when i came here to it being like the pop station to now it's the, just the adult it's like adult pop station you know does it turn into an oldie station when we all get older because <laughs> it just keeps going with us Yeah, they hit that part pretty. They hit that part pretty well. So yeah, that is the honorable mention. There um, is also included in the movie "Knocked Up." I don't remember that. Uh, also, a remix from Mike D from the Beastie Boys. Hmm. Anyway, uh, let's get to my um, first honorable mention. Hold on, it's still playing. I don't want it to overlap. And uh, this is a song um, which I would consider this being like the second wave <laughs> of the Latin explosion. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of guys who put like this. If, if I, I've mentioned freestyle, the freestyle genre on here, yeah, and. Uh, a lot of the guys, a lot of the male art, well, most of the artists are Latino or Latina, Hispanic, Latinx. I, I'm not sure which one I'm supposed to be using. They've all been accepted. But <laughs> <laughs> but with the guys, it seemed like they were always, there weren't a lot of female solo artists, seemed like, but a lot of the guys were solo artists. Mm-hmm. And it seemed like with during the, the late 80s, early 90s, the guys mm-hmm. were, they're always doing a song and it seemed like they're about to start crying. <laughs> and and then got it in the with the Latin explosion, um, you know, when it was Jennifer Lopez is lumped in there. Mm-hmm. Uh also, but with Mark Anthony and Ricky Martin and Enrique Iglesias, um, their music already had the they were already big around the world, yeah. and then they started singing in English. Mm-hmm. Uh, then the second wave, it's the guys like being more R and B and hip hop. Mm-hmm. So that's why I included this guy. Um, he had a hit song, and I think one of our friends also really liked this song. This is uh, "Obsession" by Frankie J. <laughs> Frankie J. I think is that was that Chris that loves this song? Uh, maybe. I can't remember. It was either Chris or um Did Aaron like this song? Aaron um that lived in a row. My roommate Aaron? Yes, no. Yeah. No, he didn't like this no. song. Okay. Not that I know of. I think it I feel like it was Ashley. Ashley P. Oh man. Or it was either this song or she she liked uh Sugar Sugar. I know I know Frankie J sang the hook on Sugar Sugar, but this mm-hmm. is his solo song. That's why this is included. Um, if you can see the video here, uh, pre Instagram, Vita Guerra, (laughs) Vita Guerra was, uh, the, the, an an internet model star, an internet supermodel, basically. She would have, she'd have a million followers. She was, yes. Millions, millions, plural (laughs) followers, uh, 
this is when King Magazine was a big, <laughs> which was like a like a basically at that time was like an Instagram. <laughs> yeah, this was pre Instagram. <laughs> um, but uh, you know, th- it was a it, this. I think that her appearance also made helped make this song a hit song. Mm-hmm. But what I'd say with the the second wave of the the Latin explosion in the two thousands, Frankie J, Baby Bash, mm-hmm. Lil Rob. Uh, I don't know if Iman is Latino, but we, we've talked about him before. That song was. <laughs> I mean, he looks like he could. He's from New York. Looking at a picture of him now, he looks like he could be. He's from Staten Island. He he definitely might be. <laughs> so um, this song was uh, on the Hot 100. It was number three. Um. And this was actually a cover song, uh, a group called Aventura. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think they've, they've had some songs at least be included in American movies. Um, but uh, he basically basically rewritten and uh, they put some English lyrics on it. Baby Bash has a guest verse. Yeah. So this was kind of like the, the other part of their collaboration. Yeah, trade for trade. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, this was uh, actually number two on the Hot Latin songs, even though it's not a lot of Spanish in it, but I guess it's enough to qualify. Uh, the song was also um, number three in Canada, number four in New Zealand, number five in Australia. Uh, so the it had the international appeal, uh, mm-hmm. and with R&B, you don't get a lot of that. No. So it took... Um, it An took, international artist. <laughs> yeah, it took this uh, this Mexican dude. He is Mexican. He's he yeah, is from Tijuana. Yeah. So, um, you know, to uh, to kind of have the uh, to create an R and B song that that is popular around the world. Um, but it's another song, like I said, like with the freestyle artist. It's a song where it seems like he's about to start crying. <laughs> Hey, man, he wants you to feel it, man. You can feel it. But y'all can watch this on mute and just look at Vita Guerra. Yep. <laughs> man. Wasn't she on the Chappelle show, too? On Chappelle show? At one yeah, point? yeah. She was on there. Yeah. Oh, I switched it. Hold on. Let me switch it back. Yeah, she'd definitely be someone that everyone would be like, hey, you got an OnlyFans? Like, she would be in <laughs> <laughs> 2020, 2021. So, yeah. Um, so, that was my first album mention. Ben. So I want to keep this theme going because I wonder now if this chick would have also been popular on Instagram. Um, And that's Cassie with Me and You. Um, This song is a, I don't know if you can say a banger because it's not like, I don't know. It's just like a really good song. Like it's kind of a vibe, so to speak. It's it's kind of chill, kind of laid back. So. Oh, wow. I got to bring up this video here because. It looked like she had a Zoom, uh, first of all. Oh, she probably did. <laughs> she probably did. Because this was, I, I feel like this was around the time that product placement started getting just really blatant in videos. Yeah. And um, unfortunately, for some of you who might not know what Zoom is, it was a failed attempt at Microsoft to compete with the iPod. And when I say failed, I mean failed. Like, it's not Tremendous. Even, tremendous failure. Yeah. Like, they tried hard, man. And like, it's like the butt of jokes. If you get a chance, though, look it up because 
I don't know why it failed because it had a lot of really cool features that were that should have beat Apple. But of course, like no one can beat the marketing machine that is Apple. That's been you know one of their big successes is how they market. But when I actually looked it up and saw what they did, there's a lot of really cool things you could do with the Zoom. It should have taken off. Um, Ashley Peterson, who we just mentioned, had a Zoom, and I'm saying Peterson because that's not her name anymore, so you can't find her if you look her up that way. Um, she had a Zoom, and I got to hold it, and it's, it's a cool-looking thing. But back to the song. Um, Ryan Leslie, of course, produced this. Uh, so the story is um, she did she uh, she met Ryan Leslie. Mm-hmm. He signed her. He writes me and you. Diddy hears the song in a club. Yeah. And signs her. You know what this sounds like? This sounds like, uh, what was the movie you watched with Mariah Carey? Glitter. This sounds like glitter. For sounds real. like glitter. This sounds like glitter for real. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I heard about that because there's another version of this song that's more clubbish. I don't know how else to put it, but like it's more like this got a harder beat to it. And they just kind of, I guess, pulled back, I guess, is the only thing I can think of how to say it. Um, there's a really good video, shout out to Black Femininity TV, where they did a video talking about, Are you? do you know that channel? Yes. Oh, I love that channel, man. They did a whole thing about her and talked about, you know, from start to finish what happened to her. And they had some videos of her trying to prove that she could sing. <laughs> <laughs> and I felt bad. It's like, geez, like that wouldn't be a thing nowadays. It just be like, just, you know, who cares? Um, but back then, they just wanted to know that she could or could not sing. I don't know. Um, interesting with this video, uh, the uh, the main thing I thought of seeing this video every time, Janet Jackson's Pleasure Principle. Oh, yeah. This had Janet Jackson written all over it. Um, yeah. So If she came out, and, and matter of fact, if she came out in the 2000s, I could see her doing a song like this. Like the fact there was the focus on the on dancing, you're in the studio, like it, yeah, heavy Janet Jackson vibes from this uh, video. Yeah, uh, it was inspired. It says she's a, she Cassie's a big Janet Jackson fan, so okay. yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, that was the first thing when I saw the video. That was the first thing I saw. I thought of. Um, I kind of thought of that yeah. too. I think the first thing I thought was like, wow, she's really hot. <laughs> um, <laughs> like, cause that's all I kept hearing about. I was like, man, Cassie, fine. And I was like, I gotta see this chick. And yeah, she is a. Uh, she would be, my fear is that if she came out today, that she would be one of those girls on Instagram who is like a model first, singer second. <laughs> like that's all she'd be. And it's sad because I see a lot of them on Instagram and they're just like, they're beautiful, but like the music is secondary. It's like you might hear about a song every now and then, but it's mostly just pictures of them looking good. And it's just like, oh, like, um, See here, so that one number three on the Hot Billboard, um, somehow made it on the Hot Latin Songs. Number thirty-eight, I guess maybe the uh, criteria to get there's a little looser. <laughs> maybe we knew. <laughs> yeah. Number one on the hip hop charts, on the rhythmic charts as well, and then number three on the mainstream top forty. So it did it did well. Yeah, um, and then she was dating Diddy, and I think I think he just kept her from making music. She, she probably signed a five-album deal. Yeah, so they talked about and, that. And the history with Diddy and, and making that second album. <laughs> Good luck. It just, you just don't seem to get... Uh, Biggie did it. Biggie made a second album. And what happened to him? Stop. 
God. Should we put was Vanity that, King that, on watch? Because they, they made a second album, didn't they? Well, yeah. That that's true, but then then they broke up. Yeah. But I think the only that was the deal. Like you got to break yeah. up or you die. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Sean asked for a second when they sent him to prison. Like you taking a rap? <laughs> oh God! Uh, yeah, um, yeah. There's yeah. She's yeah. She had a whole lot of stuff happening with her. Um, and I really thought we would hear more from Ryan Leslie after this, but. Maybe he signed something with Diddy too. <laughs> well, we did. I, I am going through. You know, people who follow us on Instagram um, have seen some clips that I posted. I found a clip in which we talked about uh, he had a laptop stolen. Oh yeah, he did. Yeah, and he with was, all his music on it. Yeah, and he was willing to pay a million dollars to get it back. Did he ever get that back? I have no idea. Mm. Probably not. That's really sad. <laughs> um. But yeah, but it also feels like if you hear the song, uh, that was one of those songs Ryan Leslie wrote in five minutes. Yeah, it was not very complicated (laughs) at all. Yeah. Uh, So yeah. Um, All right, my second honorable mention. uh, Y'all probably don't think he's a is a one hit wonder, but this is the only song he has in the top forty as a solo artist. Just in case y'all forgot his name, you know what I'm saying? Big Bro. <laughs> yeah, this is a song, He gets his phone number out in this one, right? I think it feels like he does that every song. Tisha. Yeah, the one that you last year. Oh, God. Like, this is the ultimate, like, get back at these chicks song. Yeah. Back then, Shane, won't you? Now you hot, they all on you. Oh, God. Back then, they get moments. Now I'm hot, they all What's interesting about this is that he sampled himself mm-hmm. <laughs> because the hook comes from Still Tipping. Yep. <laughs> and then he made that into a, um What was interesting with, with Mike Jones is that. Who? <laughs> Mike Jones. Just in case I forgot. But, um. Is this was when Houston was the hotbed for hip hop? Yeah, they took over for maybe like a year and a half. It was yeah, it wasn't long. It was, it was not long. Uh, Paul, Paul Wall, Wall Slim yeah. Thug, uh, people got interested in UGK all, again. Yeah, all of a sudden, <laughs> like because <laughs> was, uh, was that the year that Big came out. Uh, I think that came out before. Okay, because I know a lot of people start like, you ever heard of UGK? Like when Pippin came out, I was like, yeah, have you? Um, Pimp C? And- <laughs> <laughs> What's interesting with, the, with this song is that, one, Mike Jones, one of the few uh, rare rappers to go by his real name. Yeah. And two, I think he did this with every verse. He would say the last line like eight times <laughs> to end the verse. He yeah. would just say that same line. Yeah, I just I Mike Jones was I mean, he's I don't know. He's he's one of those rappers where it's just like he everything he does kinda sounds alike to me. Hmm? He's one of those rappers where everything he does kinda sounds alike to me. Yeah. And maybe it's because he was so big and you know, chopping and screwing stuff, so maybe that's why, but like 
like hearing this, I'm like, hold on, wait, is this that? No, this isn't the. Like I was expecting something else. <laughs> but yeah, I think some people will probably fight you on this. Say this is you're not a one-hit wonder. But I guess from the standpoint of, yeah. We'll put it like this: Steel Tipping was not a hit like that. No, it was not. So going by the charts, this is his one hit. Mm-hmm. Who? Mike Jones ain't seeing nobody. No, he's not. Oh, he's not. Mike ain't waiting on nobody. Oh God. Man, go, Mike. I can't hold of that baby. Hey, baby. Hey, I'm right here. Call me, baby. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Um, with this song, it was on the Hot 100, number 22. Uh, number six on the Hot Rap Songs. Um, number 11 on the Rhythmic Charts. And uh, it ended the year on the at number 92 on the Hot 100. I'm not sure if it was nominated for any awards. Probably not. It went, it went platinum though. But yes, it did. Just like his teeth. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. All right. Uh Ben, tell us about number five. All right. So this one is uh from the Raccoon Tours, which was considered a super group, but I've only ever heard of the main person, Jack White. Um, Steady as she goes. Um, great song, catchy as all get out, and just not what you would expect from Jack White. Like, if you've heard the White Stripes, this is it just sounded nothing like the White Stripes. Um, yeah, I just I didn't get it. Like it's got the nice little it's just the bass line like you can just hum it. Like it, that's just like that's just such a you know. And of course, the song is about not getting married. <laughs> it's kind of a messed up song. Um, if you really kind of listen to the words. <laughs> Glad I did not listen to it. I'm, I'm cool. I'm happy married. I'm happy. So, but yeah, um, this is kind of one of those songs that me and Chris used to vibe to. We loved, we liked this song and we did not understand why he couldn't do this with the White Stripes. But I kind of understand that the White Stripes just weren't this. I'm like, you can't yeah, really was get its, this sound. It was its own thing. Yeah, you, you can't get this sound in the White Stripes. It's just him and a drummer. <laughs> this is, a, I think this is a four or five piece band. So you can kind of get, you know, harmonized guitars. You can get those type of harmonies and still do them live. You can, there's just so much more you can do with this many people, you know? Yeah. I will say too, it's, I think it's so funny how the verses are kind of just really short and yeah. Just give me the hook. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's something that you can it's to sing along to. Oh yeah, def- definitely, definitely. You know, kind of like the uh I don't know who if he if I I would call it his rule, the Rick James rule. Uh if the crowd can hum it, then that would make it a good song. Hmm. I'd never heard so that, but I like that. Don't do it. Don't make it too complicated. I agree. So yeah. Um uh, what else can you tell us about this song? So, nominated for Grammy for the Best Rock Performance by a duo uh, or group with vocal. Um, I don't know who beat it, but I think it should have won. Rolling Stone said that it was the second best song behind Crazy by Niles Barkley that year. Um, But then, ironically, not nominated for anything outside of just the rock category. But then again, 
you know, as with certain genres, you know, rock being one of them, hip hop, um, and I guess, you know, creepingly now some R&B, the Grammys just don't understand it or whatever the thing is. Um, but uh, covered by Corinne Bailey Ray, which is the version I prefer nowadays, it's a little more upbeat and she has a, she just has a really good backing band, Corinne Bailey Ray does. Um, and it's just, it's very different. Like it keeps her rock vibe to it, but it's, you know, it's her singing and she's got less like kind of sweet jazzy type voice. Um, Hot 100 came in at number 54, Alternative Airplay hit number one, charted over in the UK, uh, UK singles, um, I don't know what OCC means, but at number four, so had a little bit of um, overseas appeal. I could to I can totally see this going over in the UK. This kind of seems like something, some of the British music from the 90s. I can, I can see that kind of like some, um, some Space Hog or something, kind of similar, early blur. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I can definitely. I can see I can see that uh, the Brit pop that's what it was called yeah Brit pop yes that, yes that kind of style it lost to Danny California by the Red Hot Chili Peppers oh, damn I can't argue with that <laughs> that's a good song too so yeah mm. all right so that was what number was that I don't know that was my number five okay my okay my number five. Uh, one of the more nonsensical songs on the list. <laughs> okay, something's wrong with that, first of all. Uh, <laughs> we got another one. Uh, this is the first one we've heard. <laughs> but... Uh, just one of those songs that I guess one of the the early songs of the that became popular because of the internet. Yeah. Uh, and it has a dance to it. Um, if this song came out today, I think it would also be a hit. All over TikTok. It's all over TikTok. Oh yes. All oh, yeah. over TikTok. Um. And to to have a dance with it, and you know, I it was interesting. Is I think a lot of people thought this. This would bring uh, hip hop back to New York. Mm -hmm. It 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 did not. <laughs> uh, I'm I'm looking at this because like now that you mentioned it, it was 2005. I don't I can't remember viral was really a thing yet. No. So I'm just wondering because I know it was it was basically said that. The Whip and Nene song was made by, uh, um, was manufactured essentially. Yeah. And I'm just wondering, like, if someone maybe did the same thing with this, kind of like, hey, let's just, let's make a hit song. Let's go manufacture a hit song. Let's find someone who's willing to sing it. But it doesn't look like that at all. But I think, I feel like if it did come out now, it would definitely be one of those manufactured songs made specifically for a platform like TikTok. And I wouldn't be surprised if in the next five years, maybe someone rediscovers this song because as we've seen, TikTok is not above rediscovering something old and making it a hit again. <laughs> uh, yeah. Shout out to Fleetwood Mac. Yeah. Because now with that shuffle movement, I'm just waiting for like something from the early 90s, New Jack Swing-ish, to be, to climb back up. I don't know. I Because my, my, what I see about TikTok dances is that um, a lot of times they don't move their feet. One of the shuffles? 
No, when any TikTok dance. Oh. And, like, <laughs> if, if some people created a dance to a particular song, oh, they yeah. don't move their feet. That is because true. Because they're trying to stay in the frame. In the frame, yeah. This this involves moving out of the frame. I'm, <laughs> I'm not so sure. Now, now I'm not so sure that I would be on TikTok. Also, another weird thing about this, uh, Sign of the Times, the first iPod with video. Oh, man. With that little <laughs> small screen. People thought it was so cool. Kids, you have no clue how hard it was back then with your iPod video that didn't have 100 gigabytes. <laughs> uh, and, you know, for people who may not recognize uh, Young B, who is now known as Bianca Bonnie, <laughs> uh, if you see her on um, Love and Hip Hop, Okay, I don't watch that. that was exactly. <laughs> so that's her. Uh, that's where you would see her now. Um, so this song was number forty-five on the Hot One Hundred, number thirty on the uh, R&B hip hop songs, aka the Black Singles. <laughs> um, and it was a song that was all over One Hundred Six and Park. So for those who watch that show, um, aka the Black Terrell. Yes. <laughs> Yeah. Hey, BET had to do something. Yeah. Well, I mean, they're owned by the same company, so it's just like you've got TRL. So somebody made them Park. do it. You've got the real world. That. You've got was it Lincoln Heights? <laughs> or no, no, no Baldwin. Um, uh, what was it? Baldwin Hills. Yes. Yeah. Like well, that just... that was their Laguna Beach. Okay. Yeah. 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 That's um, Laguna Beach. Uh, the real world. It was College Hill. College Hill. Yes. 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 Yeah. They had. To, you had to have. You know, they got McDonald's. <laughs> I've got Mc, uh, McDonald's. <laughs> that is what it, you know, that's They've what it. We've got the Big Mac. We've got the Big Mick. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Matt. He used to say that all the time. <laughs> Their Big Mac has two all, both of our sandwiches have two all beef patties, lettuce, cheese, pickles, onions. Uh, but theirs has a sesame seed bun. Our buns have no seeds. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. So, yeah. Um, all right. So, number four. four. All right. So, um, this is another one that I heard on the pop station in Carrollton. Shout out to West Georgia. The best. Go, West. Um, Breathe by Anna Nalik. Um, I was, I mean, there's a couple more songs on this album I like, but she is a one hit wonder. Um, I can't remember who came out first, but I feel like. So, all right, so let me let me go back by saying this. On the podcast, The Rewatchables, they have what they call market correctors. So, like, for instance, um, Lo- Sam Jackson market corrected Lawrence Fishburne because Lawrence Fishburne was supposed to, apparently was supposed to be in Pulp Fiction, but could not get, since they would not give him top billing and put him on the poster, the part goes to Sam Jackson. Next thing you know, Sam Jackson takes that movie. Then he does Die Hard with a Vengeance. Next thing you know, Sam Jackson's... And Lawrence Fishburne is still popular, but not Sam Jackson level. So he was he was the market correct. That reminds me, before you, before you move on, uh, I saw this... Uh, I keep getting... Because I looked at one list on crack.com, mm-hmm. I keep getting Facebook suggestions for other lists from crack.com. <laughs> Uh, apparently, Die Hard with a Vengeance was a reworked Lethal Weapon sequel. Yep, supposed to be called Simon Says. Right. Yeah. Um, 
And uh, another thing, another useless piece of trivia about Pulp Fiction. Um, I think his name is Ruben Santiago Hudson. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a he's an actor, playwright. He's in the move in Pulp Fiction as the as a bartender, I mm-hmm. think. But he was supposed to play Jules. Really? But he, I think, like for scheduling conflicts, he couldn't do it, so mm-hmm. he only got the smaller part. And another useless piece of trivia <laughs> is that the wig, the Jerry Curl wig that Sam Jackson wears is the very same one he wore in Menace to Society. Oh, God. <laughs> the same wig. That's funny. But, yeah. Back so, to this song, though. <laughs> so I consider Ananalic was market corrected by Sarah Bareilles. I just, that's just kind of my thought. I think Anna Nalik was supposed to be the you know the big piano singing female singer songwriter. This is definitely a VH1 All Star yeah. kind of song. And when she didn't you know when she didn't get it you know Sarah Bareilles kind of came in and was like I got this. Um, but yeah, this song you know kind of in the in the six eight feel you know that's kind of how they how they used to do ballads back then. Um, the video is kind of a weird video. Doesn't really make much sense. And then in the video they do this part where like the music drops out and she goes acapella this is really weird <laughs> what's also weird is that okay the song about being up at 2 a.m or make something like that mm-hmm. if it's for instance 2 a.m why is it so sunny outside why was this know. why was this video shot like that um the first thing that most people would think of with hearing this song is uh an episode of Grey's anatomy mm-hmm where uh, this is when they, uh, well, I wouldn't say when they first started to get weird, but it was one of those weird episodes where a patient comes in and they have a bomb inside of them. What? Yes, a bomb. Huh. So uh, Meredith, and still in uh, as, I guess, an intern or something like that, mm-hmm. she puts her hand inside the person to hold the bomb from going off. And now surgery has to be done to one get her hand out and two defuse this bomb and she's working with the bomb expert played by um uh i can't remember his last name but he played the coach on friday night lights kyle chandler oh god yeah he was in he's been in a lot of stuff uh he played the the bomb technician and uh then they get the bomb out and while this song is playing and he's like you did a good job you did a good job. And then he starts walking away with the bomb. And as soon as he gets in the hallway, he blows up. Oh, no. I thought you were going to say he says, okay, you did a great job. Just breathe. Just no, breathe. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> or no, it was like, just breathe. Just breathe. Oh, God. <laughs> um, yeah, so this song came out. Um, yeah, this is 05. And Love Song by Cerberus came out in 07. So I would say, yeah, that's a market market corrected. Um, yeah. And it's, it's kind of sad because the album's not bad. It's called Wreck of the Day. She had another single that came out on it called um, In the Rough, which wasn't a bad song, but I felt like the chorus was cool, but the verses were a little too boring. The verses in this song and in Breathe 2 a.m. are um, way more involved. A lot more singing, of course, which can be a bit of a stress. Like, there's very little space for like music in this song like she's singing really from the beginning to the end of this song bridge included there's very little time to rest um so let's see here on the hot 100 
topped out at number 45. Um, of course, it did very well because it's an adult contemporary song. As we say, it's a VH1 classic. Um, adult contemporary charts, number four. Adult top 40, number six. Um, yeah, went gold in the United States. So not bad for her first album. Reading about her, though, was almost kind of like it was uh, one of those, like, you know, Hollywood stories. You know, she puts out a demo, it gets discovered, they bring her out to Hollywood to make an album, get some session musicians, and boom, you got an album. Storybook, right? <laughs> so that's how I thought it would be for me. But it's not. No. Mm-mm. Sorry. It's cool. <laughs> All right. My number four was actually uh, me and you. So we can move on. Uh, so what's your number three, Ben? Um, so this one is... Uh, a band with a very funny name, The Bravery. Honest mistake. Um, very funny video too. It's one of those machines where it's like you drop a pinball, then it does all this stuff on the machine to like make a cup of coffee or something. <laughs> um, this the video is just weird. It's in black and white. The lead Except singer. Except for this domino, which is yellow. The lead singer looks weird. Like he's got like a mohawk and eyeshadow or eyeliner on. Um. I just love this video. It's got that disco vibe to it. A very long intro that you could not get away with nowadays. Um, I remember just loving this song. And it reminds me of a guy I was in a band with um, named Blake. Shout out to Blake, wherever he, you know, however he's doing. Hey, man, what's up? We used to love this song. <laughs> um, and just this, like, the, the driving bass line and the, you know, the 16th notes on the um, hi-hat and just... Just everything about this song is just so, it's just such a cool song. The low, kind of like the vocals are kind of low and gravelly, heavily processed, but I don't mind. Um, this reminds, the video reminds me of, um, uh, it's a, it's a song, a video by the band Keen. Um, and they had a man. I can't remember the name. So I think it's uh, "Is It Any Wonder." Oh, I love that song. And their video is similar like this to where it was. I can't remember what what these are called. Where these these things are are set up to. There's a name for when like, oh, there we go, a Rube Goldberg machine. Okay, yeah. So uh, another a similar Rube Goldberg machine is is put together in their video as well. And I think like the camera is attached to like something and it, it goes through the machine and, and the band is playing. You see the band playing while the camera is going around this whole thing. I'll have to watch that because that is my favorite song by Keen. Isn't any wonder. It's a great song. Not a guitar, by the way. He just hooked up a keyboard to a wah pedal <laughs> and added some distortion. Yeah. I don't think there's a guitar in that band. No, there's no guitar in that yeah. band at all. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I was wondering it. if this song was included in Triple Play Baseball or was it a different? It yes, yes, been. MVP Baseball. That's a, remix. a throwback. MVP Baseball. That was um the EA Sports version, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah, they used to make a lot of games, guys. They're not just Madden. Yeah. In FIFA. They used to make a ton of games. EA also had a, they also had an NBA game <laughs> called NBA Live. They don't they don't talk about that anymore. <laughs> no, they don't. But yeah, this song is just, it's just cool. It's got a nice little, uh, you know, people really weren't doing guitar solos back then. So there's like a nice little outro kind of really cool. 
I don't want to call it a guitar solo, but it's kind of like a lick. Whereas like the guitar player's like, I just want to do something. And they're like, all right, fine. Just as we're outroing, you can play something and it's really cool. And it made me kind of understand he was a pretty good guitar player. Oh, here it comes. And they just kept it low in the mix. <laughs> Almost reminds me of um, the the part in Block Party song at the end. Um, where it's like, it's a guitar solo, but it's like low in the mix and the guy's still singing. <laughs> and they're just like, no, we don't have guitar solos. <laughs> it's like, come on, let me do something. And he's like, all right, just turn it down a bit. <laughs> um, so, yeah, and, uh, you know, people looking for new music from the Bravery. They have been on indefinite hiatus since 2012. Yeah. Um, but... Uh, Definitely, I, and I like a couple of their other songs. I love Believe. Believe, yeah, which was not a hit, but I think it's their best song. Yeah, it, it was very well used in at the end of that Gossip Girl episode, first season, where Chuck and Blair are in the car doing a little something-something. But, mm-hmm. um, I, I mean, and I just think that show had great music all around. But, um, yeah, I think I agree. I think Believe is their best song. Uh, also... Um... Uh, they had a song that, if anyone remembers the movie Never Back Down, with uh, Sean Ferris. Wasn't Jaimon and, Hinsu in that too? Yes. Yeah. Uh, Amber Heard, who was wearing short shorts for the entire movie. You gotta uh, watch uh, this channel. But that that they, <laughs> they had a song called Never Never Let Me Down. I was gonna say Never Back Down. No, no, they, they didn't do the title never track. Back down. <laughs> <laughs> but they had a song played at the end of the movie, Never Let Me Go. But that was played at the end of the movie. I like that one, so I like that one, too. Have you heard of a channel on YouTube called Good Bad Flicks? No. You should check it out. I think it is right up your alley. He talks about this movie, um, and it's, it's funny. Like, he's – it's kind of one of those parody channels where he'll watch the movie and kind of make quips about it. Not the whole movie. He'll just kind of play clips. But I think it is a channel that would be right up your alley. You should check it out. All right. I'll give it, I'll, I'll give it a chance, I I guess. His Street Fighter video is the one that got me into it, if that gives you an idea of the type of movies he does. Yeah. Oh, man. Street Fighter. And I'm talking about the one with Jean-Claude, with Jean-Claude Van, Damme. Van Damme playing yes. an American, and he... And if you have any questions <laughs> whether or not he's American, he flexes his American tattoo in the movie to show you <laughs> that he is American, but he talks like he's from Eastern Europe. So there's that. <laughs> Another from those cracked lists... Uh, we used to speak to trivia. Mortal Kombat was supposed to be a vehicle video game for Jean-Claude Van Damme. He was Johnny Cage. Yeah, I heard about that. And they couldn't get Clarence to use him, so they had to rework the game and create this new character. Yeah, they just basically parodied him, really. Yeah. <laughs> Even in the movie, like it's like, those are $600 sunglasses. <laughs> Like, this is basically a period of them. This is the part where you're supposed to fall down. <laughs> uh, also, speaking of Jean-Claude Van Damme, uh, future episode, uh, I would want to talk about Breaking and Breaking 2. <laughs> There's a scene in Breaking, you see Jean-Claude Van Damme dancing. Like, there, it's in, like, Venice Beach. And it's about, you know, this is about the early days of break dancing and how mm-hmm. popular it was and People would dance on the beach, and then a lot of people would circle around. <clears throat> Clearly in the shot, John Clint Van Damme <laughs> dancing offbeat. And <laughs> yeah, that man had a mean split. <laughs> no splits in this scene. 
I was looking for it. There was also a complaint that there was not a split in Street Fighter. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, I think I, that was probably because like he they had to make a choice. All right, either I do the split or everything's done in regular speed. <laughs> like we we have to choose one. <laughs> we can't have any more slow motion shots. <laughs> There's also a clip of um, there was I think it was a podcast with uh, Kev on stage and Tony Baker. They were talking about um, Bloodsport, oh, and they're like, <laughs> he's like, "That's one of the most ridiculous scenes in film." Like when he go, when the guy throws something and he goes blind, yeah, <laughs> and it's like goes on for like four minutes of him going, ah, ah. <laughs> it's like, it's like if I look to the right, can I see? No, <laughs> about to the left, no. <laughs> How about behind me? Oh no! <laughs> that was that was the eighties, though, man. That was that was those movies, eighties, early nineties. Oh man. Okay, so my number three. Um, some people like I don't know if people. I feel like people play this at their wedding and really did not pay attention to the lyrics. <clears throat> this is a breakup song. <laughs> it's a breakup song, but people were like. Singing it to their significant other. This is You're Beautiful by James Blunt. Oh, God. <laughs> One of those songs that has been terribly, <laughs> terribly misinterpreted. Mm-hmm. So it does a false start. My life is brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> See, I think, I think that's what got it. That people are lulled into mm-hmm. a false sense of security that this is a, a fun love song. God, I forgot about this song. Did you ever hear Weird, Weird Al's version of this? No. You're pitiful. <laughs> totally makes son. sense. A pitiful son. <laughs> it's kind of, it's kind of stalkerish too. Yeah. It sounds because of the I got a plan. If he just saw them, that's one thing. They say, I've got a plan. What, what are you about to do, James? Very reminiscent of, um, <laughs> why, I'll, I'll, um, not I'll be watching you, but um, God, I, Every I, Breath You Take? Yes, Every Breath You Take, which is also one of those songs that gets mistakenly sung at weddings. Yep. Because it's just like, no, no, it's a stalker song. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this and a- this is a song that it, it appears to be, is this, is this suicidal? I don't know. Uh, one person, uh, according to the wiki, uh, says that it shows that Blunt takes his own life by removing his shoes and contents of clothing prior to jumping from a great height. Was that in the video? That's it. That's the video. Where he, he takes, it looks like it's snowing. Mm-hmm. And he takes off his clothes. Yeah. And you see his shoes. He, he clearly he takes off his shoes and then he jumps. I haven't seen the video in a very long time, so that's kind of crazy. Oh, is it? It's not on the monitor. Mm-hmm. Okay, hold. On. No, it's good. Stay from leaving with me. This next time I can. And then I just click on video mirroring. 
Uh, leave it, leave it there. Okay. <clears throat> and we're gonna bring it back up. So, um, with this song, it was uh, in America, number one. Also, number one on the the adult top forty. And the, uh, can you see it? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, it was also number one in Sweden, Norway, the Netherlands, Ireland, Italy, Hungary, the Czech Republic, Canada, Belgium, and you see him jump. Yeah, this was a, this song was a monster back then. Yeah. Some people, it was one of those, it was a very polarizing track. You know, some people loved it. Some people thought it was the most annoying thing they'd ever heard in their lives. <laughs> I was I was I was kind of in the middle. I mean like it was there were some points where I liked it where like when I really kind of paid attention to the lyrics and and kind of realized like oh yeah these are a little darker than I thought. But like if you it kind of shows that if you wrap it up in something catchy and pretty a la hey ya people are just like oh yeah this is great. Hey ya's a very <laughs> it's a pretty depressing song if you listen to the lyrics people. Um uh, it was nominated for song of the year. Excuse me, record of the year. Mm-hmm. It uh, lost to "Not Ready to Make Nice" by the Dixie Chicks. It was nominated for Song of the Year, and it lost to "Not Ready to, to, nice. Not Ready to Make Nice." Yeah, that was their year. <laughs> uh, also nominated for Best Male Pop Vocal Performance, which they don't do anymore. And lost to "Ready to Make Nice." No, it <laughs> no. <laughs> did not lose the rate. "Not Ready to Make Nice." It lost to "Waiting on the World to Change" by John Mayer. Okay, that was. I think that was one of his three Grammys. Um. I was about to say maybe Lenny Kravitz, but he was that was when he was dominating the rock ones. Yeah. Best rock vocals. He just could not lose. <laughs> because no one else was doing that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it did win the uh, win a VMA for best male video. Okay. So he at least he got that. Um and his other song, uh, Goodbye My Lover, was um it definitely did not chart as high. It charted number 66. So he's technically a one-hit wonder because of only one inside the top four. Look, we're being very loose with the term here, but yeah. there, there's a uh, clear reason why he's on this list. Him and uh, James, not James Blunt. Um, I'm going to shut up because I can't remember the guy's, the guy's name now. There's another singer he reminds me of. Because this is around the time a lot of these types of singers with kind of a soulful edge, but there were singer-songwriters were coming out of the U.K., um, that guy who did "You Give Me Something," that song. Oh, um, James. No, no, no. But no. you would think his name is James. That's it's what, not James. Yeah, that's where my mind went. That and like Aqualung was another one. Um, but yeah, a lot of oh, those. Oh, it types is of James. Scenes. James, James Morrison. Morrison. I I thought like like that's not it. <laughs> it's not James Morrison. It is James Morrison. It's the James. <laughs> the James from England. But no, it's him and Aqualong, like these just British songwriters. It was like they're the precursor to like your Duffies and Adele's. They just, they just right. weren't big enough. They weren't as big. And not in America. Not in America. Least. No. Yeah. In the UK, they were stars. Yeah, of course. But we're not in the UK. Sorry. <laughs> All right, Ben. We're at your number two. All right. This was one that I was really into back in the day. Um, this was Mister, uh, the former Nick Simpson. I'm kidding. Nick Lachey. <laughs> <laughs> Nick Lachey. And um, this one is called What's Left of Me. And I was obsessed with this song when it came out. 
I was listening to it all the time. It is a breakup song. It is about him and his um, ex-wife, Jessica Simpson. It's almost, it was almost kind of like who was, you know, who was bigger in the relationship. You know, he was big with 98 Degrees, of course. They get married. He goes solo. And the song is big, but nothing else is. Not for lack of trying. He has some great songs on this album. Um, he worked with this. So Jess Kate's Emmanuel, I can't say their names. The same people who wrote this song wrote a lot of songs on his album. Um, and they all Here had... Caracal? Yeah. You got it, buddy. Uh, <laughs> I think, I don't know. Um, they're really known for like these really weird key changes going from the chorus to the verse. Like that's their thing. And they do it in every song and it just becomes very obvious. <laughs> because it's, and then it's like weird when they go back to the key and it, there's an art to writing key changes and, and stuff like this. And I don't know if they really studied it that well. I don't know, but like... They, they they used it so much on every song, it was like their gimmick. They probably did that to make it sound bigger. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, it's... Oh, now, now I did not realize this. I knew the song was about Jessica Simpson, ultimately. Mm-hmm. I didn't know his now wife, Vanessa Manillo, mm-hmm. who was an MTV VJ, is in the video. Is that That's her? Yes. Huh. I've, I've only seen the video maybe once or twice. Yeah, but I, I, I listen to this song all the time. I had it on my um, Creative Zen. Um, yes, I bought a I bought a com, uh, a competitor to the iPod. I've always been anti Apple, even back then. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I would listen to this walking to class in my room, crying alone. <laughs> okay, not crying alone. Let me let me stop. But no, this this song was one of those soundtracks to my. Um, to my college years. I listened to this song a lot. A uh, lot. Jess Cates, one of the songwriters, uh, also co-wrote Incomplete by the Backstreet Boys. Which has the same kind of feel to it. <laughs> um, Hold On To Me by Bo Bice. Uh, worked with a lot of, I guess, it looks like a lot of people from uh, American Idol. Clay Aiken, Bo Bice, Taylor Hicks, Kimberly So that's Locke, another thing, too. This sounds very similar Jordan to Jordan Sparks. His first album, Clay Aiken's first album. A lot of this stuff does. David Archuleta. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Was Jess Cates just on like the payroll for American Idol? She was on. Is she British? Because if so, maybe Simon knew her from around the way. Uh, no. Oh, she's from Tennessee. From Nashville. Tennessee puts oh, out some he, great talent. Oh, he. It's a guy. It's a dude. Yeah. My bad. I'm sorry, dude. <laughs> but yeah. Um, yeah. But okay. So he going? works with these three. Those three. Yeah. They and that's just their style. <laughs> that is their style. Just, yeah, I think they do it to make the song sound bigger, especially if they're writing ballads. Because, um, yeah, they wrote Incomplete and Inconsolable. Both songs sound very similar to this. They did You Ruined Me by J.C. Chazay when he was basically like, all right, I want to be famous. And he tried, I guess he tried to get them to do a song, and it, it didn't really go anywhere. But, yeah, that was that's just kind of their thing. And, you know, it's one of those songs to where, like, the subject matter is clear, but you wonder, like, did they talk to Nick about this before writing it? Like, what do you want to sing about? What so, kind of album do you want to make? Or did they just, like, you know what, I think he just, he, we're just going to have him sing this song and just assume everything. I, I mean, I think so. Cause he's, so he's credited as a co-writer on it, 
But I was listening to this podcast called Song Exploder um, by, I think it's by Spotify, where they go and they interview um, the artists or the songwriters, essentially, who, you know, did the song. And so the one of the more recent episodes was um, Lose You to Love You by Selena Gomez, which was not necessarily written by her. Um, it was produced by, was it Phineas um, Eilish? Yes. Yeah, Phineas Eilish. Phineas. Phineas. He was one of the producers, and she worked with a couple of other writers as well. And apparently she told them, she kind of talked to them about what she wanted the song to be. Basically like, hey, this is how I'm feeling right now. You know, can we get a song like that? And I would not be surprised. So to, you know, your question, I wouldn't be surprised if maybe he was like, yeah, this is what I'm feeling right now. Let's do a song like this. Because that's essentially, she was like, you know, I was still kind of, you know, going through dealing with some of the loss of Justin of Justin Bieber, which I was like, that was so long ago. Like, come on. Like, what are you doing? But, okay. you know, hey, if you're still, you know, I guess maybe she wanted to clap back because he made a couple of songs about her. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe she's like, I got to clap back. I got to, uh-uh, I can't take this line down. So I wouldn't be surprised if he came and was like, yeah, me and Jessica just broke up. Oh, man, what do you want to do? Let's get it on paper. Let's get it on wax. <laughs> like... <laughs> Got some things to get off my chest. Like, maybe they cut that part out of the recording. <laughs> he that, another... that was on the track. Get some stuff to get off my chest. All right, Nick, we're going to cut that out. Because <laughs> he has another song on there called Resolution. Same thing. Like, it's a very depressing album. I've listened to it. It's a very sad album. There's not a happy song on this album. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, we'll get to my number two. And um, I'm just going to play the song. <laughs> this needs no introduction. No, not really. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> that opening riff, my God. God, now I'm regretting leaving this off my list, man. <laughs> oh, God. It's just so... Man. So, um... God, when it just that... The inventor and the only proponent <laughs> of hip-hop, <laughs> Cowboy Troy. <laughs> He's the only person who's like... <laughs> if you look up hip-hop, it's him. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> If there was a hip hop hall of fame, uh, he is the only inductee. Yeah. He is the uh, board of directors. <laughs> he's the voting. He's the voting committee. Really, just ahead of his time. Really, you know, just. <laughs> uh, he didn't cross over to, to bro country. Interestingly enough, well, I think you know, for all the jokes and stuff about him, I think he's got a little self respect. I think he's just yeah. kind of like, nah, I'm, I'm going to do it. He sticks to his guns. He, he's like, I'm, I'm going to do this my way still. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, this for those who, the uninitiated, <laughs> this is, <laughs> this is I Play Chicken with the Train by Cowboy Troy featuring Big and Rich uh, as Music Mafia had their short run, yeah. I guess you might say, in country music. Yeah. Um, people weren't. No one was ready for this. No, and I was <laughs> absolutely hoping you no were one. saying that because they definitely were 
they were just too early. They had the right idea. I think they knew where country was going, but it was just a little too, kind of like that song, Honky Tonk Badonkadonk, <laughs> by Trey Sadkins. It's just a little too, like you saw, you could tell, you're like in 10 years, these dudes are gonna be like sing-song rapping. You could tell, you just couldn't, you just, you know. No you, one had the foresight. No one had the foresight so, because yeah. this along with um, Save a Horse, Ride a Cowboy. Yeah. You know, Save a Horse, Ride a Cowboy, of course, a bigger song. but Redneck like, Woman. Like, and I would say Save a Horse, Ride a Cowboy is one of those songs that was like, that did get it right. And that's why that one, that song hit so hard and has remained popular because they got it right. But like Music Mafia, I don't think it can be, like what you said, we just weren't ready yet. We were getting here, but there was just like, whoa, big tall black dude in a cowboy hat rapping. I don't know if we're ready for that yet. <laughs> Do you know who is a co-writer on I Play Chicken with the Train? Who? Angie Aparo. Atlanta's very own. Atlanta's own Angie Aparo. That dude is just swimming in royalty Oh, wait, hold checks. up. This is the end of the song. One time. <laughs> Get you some of that. I'm telling you, man. <laughs> like, this was like, it was like there, it was kind of like, how you have with a record, with a um, like with the label, you prop up each other. So yeah. it's like you know, Big and Rich had made it. Like, all right, Cowboy Troy's up next. Big and Rich, you're singing the hook. Like <laughs> they sing the hook, and I mean, like it's such an energetic song. It's just like, oh god, I love that song. Is and I mean, they all supported each other. It was it was kind of cool to see, and you kind of wish they blew up more, Cowboy Troy included. Because I know it, sometimes it feels like it was a gimmick, but I feel like he was really putting his all into this. And he was like, he, he always stuck to his guns. He never, yeah. he didn't. I mean, he, he's, still, he's still out here. Yeah, he's still doing it. <laughs> he's still out here. Um, with this particular song, it was um, number 48 on the country charts, number 81 on the U.S. pop charts. And, you know, as we, when, as we, when we started to hear, um, these are all songs we heard in college. Yeah. And this song was, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if it was like played in the clubs or anything. Well, it depends on which kind. Yeah. Probably some honky tonks. Yeah. But uh, this is a song that we we heard all the time and, and, and made jokes about because yeah. we weren't ready for it. No, no. one was ready for Cowboy Blew Troy. me out the water. <laughs> it's just like, what the hell is this? But I liked it. Like, it's this giant black band. Dressed as a as a cowboy, yeah. boots, hat, plaid shirt, jeep, belt all buckle. of it. Yeah, big belt buckle, and he's rapping, and he's like very serious. Like this was not it meant was to not be a joke. No. This was not meant to be a gimmick. No, and everyone treated it like it was a gimmick. Yeah, hopefully he saved his money. <laughs> I remember, and uh, I, I, I probably mentioned this on the podcast before too. The show Nashville Star yeah, he was on USA. On it, right? He was a co-host. Mm -hmm. Off the strength of this song, yeah. he's a, he's co-hosting basically country American Idol. Yeah. And he rapped about tots. He rapped about tater tots because it was sponsored by Sonic. Yeah. So he's rapping about tater tots in the promo. Yeah. Man. Oh man. It <laughs> that's just one of those things. I would like to see. Now, of course, I think it sound it would sound a little different, probably more drum machine if it came out nowadays. Probably try to make it trap. Yeah. I'm, and I'd he would curious. fight against that. Yeah. Because this man who is now 50. Sticks to his principles. <laughs> <laughs> he 
<laughs> hey, I don't I don't want any of that urban stuff, man. <laughs> I'm from Texas. But I just that guitar though, like it the 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 guitar part that mimics a train, and then you just have this riff that if you add a little bit more distortion would be hard rock. It just comes in, but then it just goes straight country. And I just love, yeah, that song just gets me, it gets me hype whenever I hear it. Yeah. Um, so that will bring us, Ben, to uh your number one. Yeah. I'm I, I love this song more than I'm I'm comfortable saying, but whatever. Pop Lock and Drop It by Baby Huey. Man, this song would just get me so hyped. And then I remember I went to the fair and I heard the remix. <laughs> I was like, oh God. This is around the time like I think Walk It Out was coming out and like just everybody was doing remixes with better rappers for some reason. It was really weird. Like why would you want Andre 3000 on your track? <laughs> So he can body you, like, <laughs> like, like I just think about when the DJ Unk "Walk It Out" remix came out and Andre 3000 is on it, and like nobody talked about anything else but Andre 3000. Now it was after it was after Speaker Box "Love Below," yeah, and I think a little before Idlewild. No, 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 it was after Idlewild. So people were just waiting for the next yeah. Andre 3000 thing, and it was like that's your fault, DJ Unk, and that's when he started doing one verse a year. That's your <laughs> fault for putting him on your song. <laughs> And get embodied. Hey, at least he respects him. Oh yeah. Because some of these, some of these, some these rappers don't respect him yeah. at all. Andre three thousand, mala Andre three nothing. Like, <laughs> stop it, stop it. He's better than you. Um, this song is just so funny, man. I tried to rip this beat off once. Like, it's just like the beat is essentially like on this weird loop, <laughs> where like it just it kind of builds up a little bit, has the bell in it. Like a lot of my beats back then had like that. Like, had that bell in it, because I was like, I love that. Like, just had some of these things in them. And then, like, right before the chorus comes back, everything just drops out, and it goes bare bones again. He does the hook, and then it just starts all over again and just goes on that loop. <laughs> and I just love it, man. It talks about, like, oh, God, I just love this song, man. I just, I can't I mean, it's words. one of the earliest snap hits. Um, there's a dance to it. This was yeah. definitely would have been a song popular on TikTok. Oh yeah. Uh, the, I guess the thing that might have been weird for like it, it's filmed in a high school, but a majority of it is in an empty pool. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know who made that choice <laughs> for the empty pool, but um, I don't know. I, I don't know if there was any a thing with the with the visual there. Yeah, um, just, yeah. At another part of music videos, especially hip hop videos in the 2000s, in the middle of the song, there's a skit, random skit. Yeah, that <laughs> or they would go into another song. Yeah, that was a very big thing at the very end of the video. Yeah. Another song. Yes, and I was just like, why are they doing that? And Kendra's like, how else are you gonna promote the next one? I'm like, good point. That's a good point. That, that, <laughs> that's that's what it was for. That's point. what it was for. Get ready for, for sure. the. This is next. <laughs> <laughs> This is the next single, but we not done editing yet. So, yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah. What else can you tell us? Um, so there was a remix. What Bow Wow and T Pain were on it. Um, of course, T Pain is, is is actually a pretty good rapper for those who don't know. Um, let's see here, number six at the Billboard on the Billboard Hot 100. I swear it feels like it went higher, but I guess not. I don't know, but. Um, Let's see here. Yeah, so number six in the Hot 100, Pop 100, 
17, it hit in New Zealand, apparently, at number 10. That was interesting. Mm. Um, number six on the hot R&B and hip-hop charts, hot rap songs. Yeah, so, it, I mean, it was a pretty popular song, it, but it was kind of like a moment-in-time type song. Yeah. Um, like you said, it, this it, was This was the crunk snap era at... at mm-hmm. Not, I wouldn't say at its peak, not yet, but this definitely it was on the rise. Yeah, uh, with this with this song for sure. Um, yeah, rest in peace to Huey. He was. Uh, I didn't know he was. Oh, you didn't know that? No. No, he was. Um, he was. Was he murdered? He was murdered last summer. Damn. Last June in in Missouri. Mm. Um. So yeah, uh, this mm. was. This is his zenith right here, I guess you'd have to say. Yeah. And I like how the video is a parody of uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Out, <laughs> in a way. <laughs> so, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, Man, rest in peace, dog. Rest in peace, Huey. Did not know that. All right. Uh, we'll get to my number one. In the same ballpark. Uh, and when you hear the song, you you know exactly what it is. <laughs> What's up, Mike Jones? D-Money, what's up, homie? Hey, man, what you think that Laffy Taffy gonna do in H-Town? <laughs> what I think, you know Ice Age put their stamp on it. You know it's all good. I'm telling you, you gotta do that shit the video. Let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> this, this song also brings back memories of college. Yes. Going out to parties. Uh, I think of clubs such as Blue Dolphin. Oh God! And Club Thirty One. Oh man, we didn't have many in Carrollton. No, not for us. No. Not a lot for us. <laughs> hear, but this was one of those songs where you would hear everywhere. Yes. Red or yellow, black and white. You would you would hear this. They're probably playing it at the at the Hispanic club behind <laughs> behind campus too. Yes. At some point, like it would come on. Wait, what that place is called? Latino Club? I don't know. I, think <laughs> I, that's I feel like it really had like this. It. it had the most generic name. It had like <laughs> statues like of of like Mexican cowboys on the front of it. Like it was the weirdest place. It almost reminded me of the uh, of the name of the what's the name of the bar in um, from Dust Till Dawn. <laughs> I never even seen that movie. It reminds. <laughs> I haven't seen it, but I know. Um, that's what it reminded me of. Like every, I just, you'd think everyone's gonna turn into a vampire. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see it from dusk to. I need to watch that movie. That seems like a very good movie. Oh yeah, it's called the Titty Twister. That's what it's called. <laughs> that is what it reminded me of the Titty Twister from t- from Dusk Till Dawn. Man, um, this yeah, this song just man, this was everywhere, and it's such a simple song. This was made on someone's Casio keyboard. Yeah. On a default setting, some default setting, but they, it was, yeah, a very simply made song. Um, this song was not, was, I think the radio airplay pushed this to number one. This was the number one song on the Hot 100. Yeah. And it's probably one of the most unexpected number one songs you will ever read or, or know about yeah. or learn about, you know? Um, I think though yeah. this is if I were to <clears throat> there's two songs if someone were to ask me to define snap music it would be this 
and it's going down by Young Jock. Oh yeah. These are the two songs I would use. I used to back in the day, and I'm I don't know if you remember this, me saying this, but I liken this era of rap music to the '80s when bands were getting plucked off the Sunset Strip. Like mm-hmm. if you sounded anything like Motley Crue or Van Halen or one of these hair metal bands or Poison, you want a record deal? Like bands like Cinderella. Like some of these bands had no business getting record deals, but because you sounded like it, you were playing in the Viper Room, you were playing at the Whiskey at Go-Go, <laughs> we're going to give you a record deal. This is when they were plucking rap groups off of Bankhead, man. Like if you hey, were hey, in Atlanta where? and you hey. had that sound. In a parking lot. You're probably in a parking lot playing your mixtape. Yeah. And hey, if the right person heard it, mm-hmm. and if you were dressed the right way, yeah. this the era of huge, giant t-shirts yeah. <laughs> or polos. It and was, yeah, it was like when- And if there was a, a, a simple dance to it. Yeah, even better. Like it just, you just started. And I mean, like, I kind of feel like it started with the Yang Twins a little bit. And yeah. it, it just kind of- from there I mean, on. just with with like Lil John, yeah, and who and he brought in with with Ying Yang Twins and Lil Scrappy mm-hmm. and um, uh, Trillville and all that. And oh yeah, just if you had you had Eastside to have the snap, boys, you had to have the snap in your song. You know, so I think I, I, I he didn't produce this song, mm-hmm. but he, I think he was definitely an influence on producers. Yeah, uh, during this time, so. Like Snap is is the the little brother of Crunk. Yeah, a much like more that. simple of simplified. simplified. I would say crunk. this is gonna sound really weird. It is to rock folk music what rock music was to folk was to rock, kind of like a stripped down. Let's keep it simple. That's what Snap music was. Like Snap music was not complex, and it didn't need to be complex. Right. Um. But yeah, I would I would point to this song because it was just like when this came out this is literally a song that makes you want to snap your fingers and just kind of rock from side to side which is what started happening in clubs back then like that was how you dance in clubs yeah you're snapping uh uh <laughs> like that was that reminds me also uh when songs like this were very popular um <clears throat> when songs like this were very popular they uh there was a do you remember the McDonald's commercial? Which one? I might. I'm, I, let me see if I can pull it up here. <laughs> uh, there was a McDonald's commercial during this time where it was a guy. It was animated, first of all, mm-hmm. and it was a guy from New York, and and uh, he's at a club and everyone's dancing. He's like, "What's this?" And then like some girls show him how to how to do the, the snap and roll or whatever. <laughs> and he's like, uh like, how are you like in the South or something like that? He's like, This is how we do it in the South or something like that. I think I remember. And then that. later on they went to uh McDonald's and, <laughs> and he got a chicken biscuit. Southern chicken biscuit. <laughs> Hold on, I got it pulled I up do, right I here. I think I remember that now. All right, hold on. We're gonna we're gonna play it. Yo, cuz, I'm gonna show you how the South does. Try this out. Alright. Yes. You got it? Didn't Come Brandon on. post this on his page? I think he did. <laughs> hey, I what's up? This. Oh After god. Party, we're going to McDonald's. Oh god. 
And of course, it's probably only played on BET hey, yo, and UPN. It's the new <laughs> chicken biscuit. Mmm, that's what's up. So, how you liking the sound? Man, yo, I'm loving it. Yeah, this probably only played on the black stations. Um, and if you are out there and you're white and you're wondering what I'm talking about, if you have BET, watch it for a couple of days and you'll see ads specifically targeted towards black people. Yeah. Um, the one that always used to come to mind was the one I saw. I used to see it when my mom would watch Bobby Jones Gospel on BET. There was a um, McDonald's commercial where they're sitting in a theater and there's an action movie with an all-black cast. Like they're sitting in a movie theater, they're watching a movie. It's an action film with all-black cast, which back then, you know, did not exist. No. Just did not <laughs> exist. And they're like, man, I could use some McDonald's. And the people in the movie... and like, hear in that, them? And they're like, yeah, me too. And they all go get McDonald's. <laughs> it was really corny and, really, and just, like, totally targeted to the black demographic. Like, it was... And I mean, like, genius on the part of McDonald's in understanding that, like make a commercial for them to make them feel special. I don't know, but or the, like the, a uh, black action movie. Like, there was, it just did not exist. Remember the one where it was like, uh, it was like an R&B music video, but he was singing about Chicken McNuggets? Yes. <laughs> that's what, between Just For Me commercials, that's what we saw. Some of you know what I'm talking about. Some of you know what I'm, some of you don't. Like, just for me? What is just for me? Go look it up. Had a theme song and everything. Every black person should be able to at least sing the hook to the just, just for, for me, me commercial. Like, it was just like, that was, yeah. That was BET back in the day, man. Pickens were slim on advertising. Oh. <laughs> Pickens were slim. It's either just oh, for me man. or... McDonald's black commercials. <laughs> it was like we need to pander to these black people, and then it ends up it ends up being like you know this new recent college graduate uh, put in charge <laughs> <laughs> of uh, of making the commercial. What oh, was his man. name from um, from the Boondocks? Harvard dude, <laughs> the Harvard guy. <laughs> that um, it was the episode that they banned, where it's like the elimination of black people. <laughs> <laughs> oh god yeah yeah it was it was it was funny but it was kind of dangerous back then they were doing some stuff that you shouldn't have done <laughs> they were really doing some stuff it was just like as someone once said and I, not to get off topic but like they had an opportunity to make quality black programming you could have made a black cooking show you could have made a black travel show you could have made all these things that black people did and just made a show about it but instead, you just chose to make hood hood stuff. I mean, like I don't know how else to put it. Like, yeah. you know that, and that could have, and that's what it could have been. It really could have been that, you know. But it wasn't, you know. And it's just kind of one of those things where people are like, you know, support black stuff. But I'm like, you got to support the black stuff you want to see, because you know, black people talk about man, like why every movie they make is about us acting stupid. Because y'all go see those movies, so they're gonna keep making them. Like, if you want more action movies. Go see when, you know, someone puts out an action movie with black people, go see it. Hollywood will notice and they'll put out more. And I'm, I'll get off my soapbox. But you got you to gotta inspect what you expect. Because if you keep going to see Tyler Perry movies, they will keep cutting and, him checks. And he is a billionaire now yeah. because eight people went to see his movies. They will keep cutting him checks, bro. Because I, I went to my sister's house for her birthday 
And she was playing some show that he has that's on like BET Plus. Oh, he's got like twelve of them. It is twelve God TV shows. Awful. It is so bad. He's got a he's got a show called Bruh, in which he shot the whole season in four days. It was like thirty minutes or something. <laughs> he works fast. Yeah, he does, man. He's like the asylum, man. He yeah, he don't waste time. He don't waste that, time. That is the perfect, he writes it perfect comparison. <laughs> he is the asylum. For those who are not familiar with the asylum, back in the, the I guess, the <clears throat> late days of Blockbuster and other rental places, mm-hmm. there were there was this company called the Asylum. They're still they around. They would, and, well, okay, yeah. well they're still around. Mm-hmm. They made these films that were called Mockbusters. Mm-hmm. Anytime there was a Blockbuster film, they'd make their own. Not parody, not not. It wasn't a parody at all. They just made it was basically a B movie. There were B movies, but it was meant to confuse people in the rental places, yep. you know. So if you wanted to see Pacific Rim, they made Atlantic Rim, and it is awful, awful. I've seen it. It's awful. <laughs> so they they would make stuff like that, and um, and they would make them pretty fast. Oh yeah, very very, and you can tell oh, if they're, you watch at, them. And for those who like, if they did anything. More a little more original. They're responsible for Sharknado. Yeah, that was their big, um, which was really kind of like the offshoots of like Crocosaurus versus this or whatever. Yeah. And then yeah, Sharknado, which was a complete joke, but it 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 was like the first meme movie. Like it just <laughs> blew up. It wasn't supposed to. It just blew up, and they were just like, yeah, make another, make another. <laughs> um, they have their own channel on Pluto TV. I'm not surprised. Yeah. There's there they have a lot of movies. A lot. I will say I did thoroughly enjoy Number One Cheerleader Camp. That movie was pretty funny. <laughs> in terms of stuff they did where they weren't trying to well, I guess I mean, I guess that was kind of parodying um Bring It Bring on. It On and Fire It Up. But apparently they they named it that because when you're searching, once again, they're thinking big brain. Yeah. It, number one will show up first. Hashtag one. Yeah. It'll show up first when you're looking for movies in alphabetical order. So they, like, everything they do is for profit. <laughs> and they're making enough money to where they can crank these movies out pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, yeah, Atlantic Rim was 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 funny, funny. Like, it was it was awful. So bad. I saw it on um, Mystery Science 3K. Did um, There's a channel called, like, uh, Real Gags or something like that that's kind of similar to that and they did it and the movie's just so bad you can just tell and there's this there's one guy in there who's actually a real actor and you can tell he's just sleepwalking his way through this thing for the check i mean they don't <laughs> they don't care about this like uh, jaleel white although jaleel white looked like he was trying jaleel white was like this is my chance man this is why <laughs> so it, uh, like their mock verse they had there was War of the Worlds with Tom Cruise. They had H.G. Wells' War of the Worlds. Yeah, they're very smart. To confuse people. Um, instead of snakes on a plane, snakes on a train. <laughs> instead of the Da Vinci Code, the Da Vinci Treasure. Just to get your money. So you get home like, what is this crap? Instead of I am legend, I am Omega. Mm-hmm. <laughs> instead of um, Fast and the Furious, Street Racer. <laughs> Instead of high school musical, Sunday school musical. They have a Sunday school musical? <laughs> that sounds like something Tyler Perry would make. Oh, it does have uh, number one cheerleader camp as a mockbuster fired up. Okay. I, but 
you you get the idea here and they're they're still going today what's their what's their recent one uh uh fast and furious nine no they have fast and fierce death race <laughs> uh, oh god yeah so i would <laughs> so, yeah. i mean they're they're funny movies but that's what tyler perry's doing so i'm not saying that tyler perry's a bad person tyler perry's done a lot of things He's he basically put Atlanta on the map if we're just being real about it as a um, place to make films and built his studio here. But he's got to do better. And I, I think as as um, as people who who partake of black entertainment, we should demand that he does better <laughs> if we're just being frank. And I think he has the capability of doing better because I thought he was I know it was a small part, but I thought he was extremely entertaining in Gone Girl. And I was like, he can be funny. He can be entertaining if he wants to be. But it's like if he has control of it. Yeah, a lot of he got a lot of flack for not having a writer's room. A lot of people came yeah, out. Uh, he still does. Yeah, in like 2019, 2020, giving him a lot of crap. But he's so successful. It doesn't matter. Like, no, I did not still know. Watch his shows. I did not realize how powerful he was that the reason they don't show the um, Winston Jerome episode of Boondocks anymore is because he threatened to pull his programming from TBS. If they if uh, they didn't make Cartoon oh, yeah. Network, he told Turner, "I'll pull everything," and they were like, "Oh, okay, yeah, cool." And they like at House of Pain, like it was it was off the air for like five years, and they just brought it back. <laughs> he's got Bruh. He's got a show called Sisters. Yeah, he's got a show called um, The Haves and the Have Nots that's been on for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, he's got The Oval, which looks like a parody of Scandal. I saw the spinoff of Oval. he's got House of Pain he's got um, he's got so much stuff going on and he's still making movies mm-hmm. like the movie that um, that came out last year Fall from Grace which mm-hmm. is on Netflix which that was memed all to hell <laughs> <laughs> he shot that movie in like five days yeah it's yeah Ruthless is the one that I saw. My sister loves this show, and it is it is completely. I don't even know ridiculous. what channel these shows come on. BT Plus, <laughs> it's like their their streaming service, and I mistakenly got it one month because I was trying to watch Hustle and Flow, and I found out that it was like edited. the BET version edited, and I was like, oh hell no, turned it off. Freak you, well freak you. Okay, yeah. anyway. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's a pretty it's a it's a laughable show. It's just kind of one of those. I'm just like, wow, this is. He's just out here like hiring anybody, <laughs> like just walking on the street. You want a job? <laughs> oh man! Oh, God. But not to hate on him. He's 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 done a lot of great things for the city. Of I just don't have to watch his stuff. That's nope. what I'm saying. I won't. I don't have either. to watch it. I'm not obligated. Nope. Y'all can not. watch it if you want to. Four point six out of ten on IMDb, y'all. Just to let you know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, oh man, we have been here for a while. Um, but it's been fun. Yes, yes. <laughs> so we'll get to my earworm of the week. Um, I just rediscovered this song, and it's by a guy. I this song wasn't a hit, but it's the one song I know by him, and he's the guy that he came from, the most unlikely place. Like he became a an, a recording artist from the most unlikely place. Mm-hmm. And of course, I'm talking about Fonsworth Bentley. <laughs> Fonsworth Bentley, and that's not his real name, uh, of course. But he's 
was first became famous for being Diddy's assistant, his personal assistant, and then appearing in music. He, I know he was in uh, I Like the Way You Move. He's mm -hmm. in the Outcast videos. Um, and then someone produced a song for him. This was, I don't know if Andre 3000 and or Kanye West wrote the whole thing for him, but uh, this is a song called Everybody. It's the one song I know by him. It's the one single probably anyone knows if they if you knew that Fonsworth Bentley made a song. Uh, but this is Fonsworth Bentley featuring Andre 3000 and Kanye West. <laughs> <laughs> and it's called Everybody. And uh, we're going to see that and we'll be right back. Don't stop, baby. Don't stop. Don't stop, baby. Don't stop. Don't stop me. I like the way that you move. You know how I do. It's in your hip. I wanna get right between your strips. Use it like Lancome lipstick, scarlet. And frankly, I really do care. My damn, all you will. This is Sarah, fam. Now back to ma'am. I knew that you could lose like that. I saw you dance. And now you got the show out. Make me a fan. Turn up the fan. We gon' sweat crazy. What's your favorite Gatorade lady? Hadn't been shopping Perrier while the made I hope you ain't hungry. Got masks for no gravy. But we can make some. The best of both juices. Uh, uh, we can use this. This a new Make it hot like Crisco. That's how my flow goes. Shawty, you know. If you ain't pop, stop being so high post. My music ain't just the city and pretty. It's folk. Don't stop, baby. Don't stop me. Don't stop, baby. Don't stop me. I like the way that you Shout it, you're killing them hard with them lady pants. Simple elegance, looking better when you dance. Chest to the sun with a thoroughbred stance. You gallop to the rhythms of a native drum chant. Your granny must be Navajo. Your mama do rodeo. Your papa do the Savaro. I bite you, ain't no antidotes. The red blouse do arouse. I come at you like a matador does. Attract horny bulls. All the girls are waiting to see which one he pulls. Eeny, meeny, miny, meeny, pre-numptual. Enforcer in the Porsche case. The fool wanna duel. You'll cool. Your f***ing jets who wanna be next. All right, that is Everybody by... I'm sorry, he's credited as just Bentley. Not Foster Bentley, but Bentley featuring Kanye West, Andre 3000. This was uh, Andre's one verse for the year. <laughs> and he, he absolutely killed it. Yes, as he always does. And uh, you can find that on our BTT YHT Earworms playlist right now. Uh, I was very interesting to see that like Kanye be doing this chore this this intricate <laughs> choreography. Um, uh, it was interesting to see that, and um, this probably took weeks to get down. <laughs> <laughs> I just feel like it took weeks. <laughs> I mean, he I mean he put in the effort. And, yeah, you know. yeah. I, he worked. He, he, it's clear that he worked hard at this because he he wanted to make this work, and he produced the song. So, <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay, so that will bring us to the end of the program. Well, this episode. Mm -hmm. So, um, if you can, if you're watching on Twitch, you can see on the screen where you can find us. 
uh, on Facebook and Instagram primarily. If you want to listen uh, to the podcast, subscribe on one of those platforms or any aggregate podcast app. Uh, can you see it? Does it look clear at all? I've thought about like updating it. So it's the video is still playing, but when it was up, it oh, looked clear. There's it's a probably a slight lag. Yeah, there's a lag. Yeah, there's okay. About a two or three minute lag. It's probably going to speed up in a second <laughs> to catch up. <laughs> um, but yeah, you'll be able to. Um, uh, we 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 suggest, we recommend, highly recommend subscribing mm-hmm. to the podcast, Apple Podcasts app, Spotify, Google Podcasts. We're on Deezer, uh, Play FM, Castro, uh, Pocket Cast. There's a bunch of hashtags. You'll, yeah. You'll, and, and essentially, any anywhere you you find podcasts, you yeah, can typically you should find be able us. to find yeah. it. Yeah, unless you're going to like the weird hipster podcast app, then I'm sorry, we're not there. We're not cool enough. What would be a name for a hipster podcast app? Hipster Pod. I don't know. <laughs> hipster Cast. Hipster Cast. No e. Yeah. Oh no. Yeah. H i p s t r. Cast. And then at the end, there's an e. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's a system. And it's like um, a, 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 a um, there's like a vinyl somewhere in there. Like it's you know it's just gotta, yeah. Not to hit on hipsters, y'all are cool people, but you know how y'all, y'all not be. that cool to me. Y'all know how y'all be. Y'all know how y'all be. Y'all pretentious, and yeah. you know that. Y'all know how y'all be. I was watching. Some, I was, and I wish I could remember what it was. Something with hipsters on it not too long ago, and I was just explaining to Kendra like, yeah, this is this is hipster stuff. That that's that's what made this cool hipsters. Uh, another uh, old clip that I found is when um, oh, it's band slam. That's what it was. Yeah, never mind. <laughs> another, <laughs> another old clip that I found was when uh, we were talking about the Zoom. How some one of us had a Zoom. It was Ashley that had a Zoom. Okay, I had the creative Zen. Okay, awesome. yes, yes. Uh, awesome. Um, and how like the Zoom would was for you were talking about how the Zoom was for hipsters. And I was like, the technology's too new. It's too new to be for hipsters. It's going to be the guy listening to music, a hipster listening to music. He's going to have his record player and stack of vinyls in the middle of the coffee shop. They're not, now they're up to Walkman's. So. Oh, the cassette? Yeah. Okay. In about 10 years, 10 or 15 years or so, they have Discman's. So just, yeah, you know, so watch out for that. Five years ago, they were on what? The transistor radio? Uh, some of them probably had mini disc players. I don't know. <laughs> That's newer than this man. Though. No, that is that's too new. Yeah, I don't know what they had then. And that was the thing that I mentioned. Like you mentioned the mini disc player, and it's like, yeah, I had, I had a friend who had one. one. Yeah, he did. He put a lot of Korean hip hop on. I don't know disc. why he had it. It was he's the first person that had the old school, old school, like thick as a brick iPod, a mini disc player. I'm like, where are you getting these things from? They're just investing in tech that will die. <laughs> that's all you're doing. Uh, that I think I don't know if I mentioned this on the podcast, but it reminds me of my uh, my high school economics teacher, where he uh, he had a video rental place mm-hmm. in the late '80s, and he put everything, or like maybe in the mid to early '80s, but he put all of his stock into uh, Betamax mm. tapes rather than VHS, which is sad because I always heard Betamax was actually better quality. But just good quality know. and it was smaller. Yeah. But I guess people were afraid of losing the tapes. Mm-hmm. So they went with VHS. Yeah. It doesn't help. I mean, it's 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 funny because it's really marketing. Like the HD DVD was higher quality than the Blu-ray, but Sony was behind the Blu-ray 
and they made the PS3 a Blu-ray player. Hence, the popularity of the Blu-ray skyrocketed because if you get a, you know, if you got a PlayStation 3, you can watch them. Yeah. So it really is all about, it's about marketing. It really is all about marketing. Yeah. Xbox was made it kind of difficult to watch DVDs. It was yeah. the first Xbox. You had to have the the like a little adapter. Yeah, especially for and same thing for HD DVDs. You had to have an adapter to watch them. Yeah. So it's just uh, it's about marketing, easeability, all that stuff. And Sony just had the the umph to get it done. So. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, that'll bring us to the end of the episode here. Want to thank everyone for watching. Yes. And. Um, what can we end the show with? We're gonna end the show with uh. I thought this would be on your list, but I, and it was almost on mine, but I took it off. Uh, we don't wish this on you, but sometimes people have them. So we're going to play Bad Day by Daniel Powder <laughs> to end the show. Oprah. Bad. <laughs> Oprah suggested this. This is how <laughs> the power of Oprah, man. She made this a hit. <laughs> Thank you, everyone, for listening. And uh, we'll talk to you very, very soon. Peace. Where is the moment we need it the most? You kick up the leaves and the magic is lost. I tell me your blue skies fade to gray. I tell me your passion's gone.